This is a horror game podcast. It is meant for mature audiences. It may contain shocking revelations, violence, and sexual themes. Viewer discretion is advised. Hello, investigators. Welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is the, her- the Hero Affirmed. It was written by Matthew Sanderson, who is also our Keeper of Arcane Lore. This is episode one. So, without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Matthew? Right. Thank you very much, Tom. So, the setting for our story is Detroit in December 2018 so that weird before time before words like covid pfizer moderna and all that uh, never graced the airwaves at all it's a chilly chilly day it's detroit and it's winter go figure there's snow that's been flurrying through the air there's little clumps that are hanging on the ground and all of our illustrious investigators here are members of the cdc that's based in detroit part of their quarantine station and a quick caveat up front for those that are liking historical realism the say the functions and the authority of the cdc for this scenario have been somewhat bent slightly for narrative uh, narrative purposes they have wider uh, wider abilities and authority for this fictional world which we live in We'll do a quick round of introductions so that everyone can get to know all of our investigators and what role they perform at the CDC quarantine station. So just going around on my screen from clockwise. Uh, Dr. Gatt, would you like to introduce yourself and give a little yes, bit? I'm Dr. S- I'm Dr. Stennis Gatt, and I am a biologist. Um, I identify naughty things that are coming into the country and... Uh, uh wonder if there's a problem uh some some biological uh animals and plants and things can be uh extremely uh invasive and we have to make sure as well as diseases we don't want those to happen either very true in fact lots of your scanning is through cargo that comes through the through the airport so yeah, plenty of opportunity to look at stuff coming into the country via via air and via sea. So of course you've got coming in through through the Great Lakes from uh, from the north. Right. Next up, Doctor Pepper. Uh, I'm a middle aged dude uh, with a slight stubble, and uh, I'm the medical doctor on this team, and I will be doing the actual doctoring as opposed to all these other fake doctors. Um, yeah, so that's me. Fighting talk. (laughs) (laughs) And Dr. Lake. Hello, I'm Dr. Ryan Lake. I am the zoologist. Uh, I'm just here to look pretty, really. I deal with animals. Um, yeah, I try to do less of the work and make everyone else do it. That's how I've always got by. Yeah. Rats. It works. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, there's plenty of those around here, definitely. And, well, you know. And Dr. Porter. Hi, I'm Dr. Porter, and not everything that can kill you is a life form or biotic. So for all the other things that can kill you, that's where they bring me in. A, a vegetable, no, just minerals, basically. Yeah, you know, cyanide, you name it. Lots of ways to die. Sometimes I sit there and don't have anything to do, and sometimes I'm working away at the analytical chemistry set, you know, sweating my brow off. Most of the time I'm relaxing, probably too much. And I am a doctor, Dr. Pepper. I earned it. Ann Arbor, I got my degree. Here, look, see? Look. <laughs> Sorry. Just don't tell them you're not too uh, you're not too busy because they will find more stuff for you to do. Oh well, I no, I I write the reports to look like I'm busy all the time. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, I presume it's a doctor or uh, doctor or Mister Daniels. Would you like to confirm? It, it's uh, it, it's just Trevor for now. Um, not a doctor yet. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm Trevor Daniels. I'm the pharmacologist here on this team. I uh, got my MS uh, from Emory and been working with the CDC. And um, I'm up here trying to work on my PhD with uh, Wayne State, you know, trying to do remotely and so getting stationed up here. But, you know, they don't have a very great work from home policy at this point. I hope that can change sometime. But, um, you know, paying the bills. Just trying to go along here. It's usually they ask me to identify what kinds of drugs people are smuggling up their butts uh, and make sure that it's cocaine and not anthrax. So that's my job in a nutshell, but pays the bills. Indeed. And last but not least, again, a doctor or Mr. Tassiv. Just the Mr. Uh, so I am Logan Tassiv and I graduated in my undergrad with a degree in public health from Tufts University in Boston and I just finished an expedited postgraduate degree in forensic science through Harvard University. So here I'm on this team today because I love laboratory work involving forensics, um, identifying DNA, hair, all that good stuff, and I am a big true crime fan. Good, good. Right, so to, to help set the scene a bit, here's a little bit of potted information and potted history about what Detroit was like just five years ago, say in December 2018. So the city suffered numerous problems in recent decades. Uh, its population has fallen from nearly 2 million in the 1950s to less than 700,000 in 2017. The economy fell and unemployment rose, leading to many people losing their homes. By the time the city filed for bankruptcy in 2013, nearly half of the property owners had not paid property taxes. In 2014, approximately 30%, so circa 70,000, of the buildings in the city were abandoned. Many abandoned buildings are burnt out. The city reports around 5,000 arsons per year. Many buildings are burnt when fires lit by homeless people get out of control. The homeless population is over 35,000, with over half of those estimated to be of the LGBT community. Many homeless women are abuse victims. Many homeless people carry weapons, knives usually, firearms rarely. You don't need ammo for to stab someone with. And they carry those for protection. They sleep in cupboards to avoid the cold. They move between abandoned properties, leaving toilets clogged with paper due to lack of water, graffiti on the walls, that kind of thing. Community services, including the NSO, the Neighbourhood Service Organisation, run shelters that provide food, showers and replace to sleep. However, there are few, fewer than 2,000 beds in Detroit shelters, making them busy in winter. 
outside, people risk frostbite if they're out on the streets. Prostitution is rife, taking advantage of abandoned properties, with people never using the same place twice for being risk of being followed. Discarded condoms are common. Most prostitutes are armed with knives or tasers to protect themselves from violent customers. Prostitutes have been found violently murdered in such properties. So, the date is Saturday the 15th of December 2018, and you've gone, just about gone off shift when you receive a call from your superior, Dr. Joanne Peters, and you receive a video call that you are all invited to partake in, whether it be by a phone, by a laptop, computer at home, you all dial in and you are given the following briefing. Right. So to give you a bit more information on where sunrise and sunset occurs, uh, sunrise is at 7.45. Actually, quick pause. What can you see on your screen? Just to make sure I've selected the right thing. A lot of text. In, in a rectangular background? Yes, rectangular yes your right, sunrise, good. sunset, Joanne Peters. Perfect, right, because my um, share box is appearing over the other screen, which I don't want you to see. <laughs> so, <clears throat> back in. So to give you a bit of an idea of the climate and uh, temperature around the time of day, sunrise sets, uh, so, sunrise. the sun rises at 740, uh, 7.54 and sets at uh, 5 o'clock in the evening. Temperatures reach the wonderful high of, in, in my units, uh, minus 3 Celsius, 24 Fahrenheit for everyone else, and the low of minus 10 Celsius, 14 Fahrenheit. It is 7pm when you are all called by Dr. Joanne Peters. Uh, she's a virologist at the CDC, and she explains the following. At 6.15 this evening, two men died at the NSO Tumani Centre on the corner of Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard and 3rd Avenue. The dead men have been identified by the NSO employees there as one Rolf Abel, age 29, and Ferdy Wilkins, age 31, both homeless African-Americans who frequently visit the shelter. Cause of death was unknown to the staff on duty. They'd only had rudimentary first aid training, so they can't exactly be asked to be experts here. Both have been complaining of stomach cramps, leading to a short period of screams, followed by convulsions, and very swiftly afterwards, death. They died within minutes of each other. An ambulance dispatched from Detroit Receiving Hospital, abbreviated DRH, which is 1.1 miles from the shelter, but both men were dead upon its arrival. Two paramedics examined the bodies and reported back to DRH that a worm-like organism bursts out of each corpse. Police and animal control were immediately notified. Cordons have been established around the shelter and along one block radius. Despite being locked in the shelter's first aid room, the worms, in inverted commas, appear to have escaped through an air vent. Animal control and police dog units are attempting to track them. To prevent any possible infection, the corpses have been removed to a second ambulance team and taken to a quarantine room at DRH for examination. The original paramedics are still at the shelter. The shelter is near capacity, which is approximately 120 people, because tonight is the annual donation of care packages to the homeless by staff and students from Wayne State University. So that's uh, maybe people that uh, Trevor might know. Let's see if a luck roll, uh, luck roll is in your favour. All volunteers are still on the site, except one who's been identified as Ophelia Waters. She fled the scene before the cordon was established. Police units are tracking down Ophelia. She's not returned to her room at the Leon H. Atchison res Residence Hall, which is now under surveillance, and her mobile phone is switched off. 
She has not attempted to contact her parents in Ann Arbor. They've been informed of the situation with police monitoring calls of, uh, to them. One other CDC team has been dispatched to the shelter deter to determine if those present are contagious or infected. Your role is more of an investigative role rather than a clinical role here. So you're to liaise with DRH's representative there, Dr. Louisa Harrison. She's at the shelter coordinating with the police and arranging for everyone in quarantine to be taken to DRH once they've been deemed not contagious. Once at DRH, more extensive tests can be performed. Your orders are as follows. You're to work with the police, medical staff and the homeless on site to find out as much as possible about the victims, where they're staying and their recent movements. Examine any identified sites to determine whether they need to be quarantined. Conduct an examination of the bodies at DRH to ascertain if they're infectious and to gain any insight possible about these organisms. Ascertain by capture and examination if required, whether the organisms are a threat to the wider public and all take all necessary steps to neutralise them if they are. If word gets out, media interest may be intense. Refer reporters to the CDC for an official statement that will be made when they're in possession of all the facts. Provide Dr. Peters with very good updates on, find on findings and progress so that she can help make such a statement to the press if that becomes necessary. If you require any additional assistance from the CDC, you are to contact Dr. Peters directly. Any questions? Oh, so, uh, well, Dr. Lake, it looks like you, you're up to bat, huh? <laughs> I know. Yeah. Who, who, who would have thought I would have actually been useful now? <laughs> That's great. I, you, um, you can go ahead and look at those worms. I'm kind of squeamish with stuff like that. So um, I'll, yeah, I'll, you do that, please. Yeah, I might be of assistance. I did a, a paper on worms uh, during my study in biology. Um, be interesting to see which phylum they're in. Uh, worms. They sounded like they were big. I mean, it depends. Well, there's it, worms, uh, and then there's worms. Well, yes, uh, it depends on the wound where they how they burst out. It depends on the size of the wound and how how fast they, the worms have to travel to escape. Like your average worm isn't moving that quick, right? Some move quite oh. quickly. Yeah, some they, they move quicker than you think. Okay, but it's for the most part they're blind, so they might be they, heading for the darkness if they. Well, they were complaining of stomach pain. It's not uncommon for tapeworm eggs to be put into shakes oh. and things like that. Typically is, you know, boot like weight loss supplements. But this is, that's something else. That's like reverse guinea worm or something. Well, it should, if something was in there, it would have left some evidence that it would be able to use. Sure. Of course. Across. Time for an autopsy. No. Can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd be able to cross-analyze it with things that I know. So, so the body should be at the Detroit Receiving Hospital. So, if anyone would like to come with me to check those out, you're welcome. To. It, it, it'd probably be best. Yeah, I'll <laughs> go with you, Doctor Tassif. I one time had the not a doctor pull... yet. He he's not a Eventually. doctor. Well, excuse me, Mister Tassif. Uh, I'll go with you. One time I had to pull uh, about a one foot long tapeworm out of the back of someone's knee wasn't a pretty sight that's fascinating oh. you have pictures Jesus Christ. 
Oh, okay. I am not. That is to quite take fascinating. I would, like that. No, I would no, actually no. want to see that. That actually. No. <laughs> he just no, says, that's... "I'm not allowed to take photos." But here are some photos of a similar event. <laughs> okay. You know, that's great. I'm going to go uh, check it out. No, thank you. You can show me in the car. I'll and and me as well. I'm, I'm all down for any. All right, I'll drive. Time to go to work. Well, I'll head to well, the shelter and, and collect statements about where the, the people came from so we can backtrack their, their, their movements. Because what I'll else am I going to do at this point? Yeah, I'll coordinate with uh, Louisa Harrison. Yeah, I'll as be with I, you, Tassiv and Pepper, then. As I leave, I'm just going to, like, poke, like, Daniels on the back of the neck, like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I told you not to do hey, that. Hey, hey, da hey Daniels, just Fuck imagine off. him crawling in you. <laughs> Angrily putting my Trevor, on. Trevor, talk to HR if they keep that shit up. Don't oh. let them push you around. I wouldn't be too worried, Trevor. We all die the and decompose. Doctors are all the same. No, we're not. Porter, why you gotta ruin the fun? We we normally have some fun. Yeah, maybe. but we don't want to burn this poor kid out before he gets his chance to get anywhere. All right, just let him let him get along in the years. <sighs> okay. So in in true investigator fashion, it sounds like you are dividing and conquering from the very first scene. So divide and die. <laughs> so we can have one group that can be taken because it is a fairly major hospital. They will they will have a helipad there, probably on the top of the building. We can have one group that go and get helicopter dropped at the hospital, and another one that uh, the rest of you can then be helicoptered directly to the NSO center. So, who wants to go first? Well, autopsies are always a beautiful thing. So how about the NSO guys go first? Yeah, let's get <laughs> Okay. Right. So we cut over to the NSO center, which at this point, even as you're coming in from the air, you can see that there are cordons that have been set up around the intersection. Uh, it's an L-shaped building, which is set back a little bit from the, the main junction of the two major roads. And everything is lit up. By the uh, by, flashing lights of police cars, ambulances. There's a large CDC van which, as you're um, as you're landing, you can see is just pulling into a section in the car park. The car park, bit of a grandiose term for it, holds, holds about 15 spaces. There's about six police cars that you can see that are immediately on site, plus the van, and the rest look to be cars which are presumably members of either the, N the NSO staff or some that have been uh, used by the university crew that have turned up here to uh, to distribute their care packages. But running along the, the length, the long length of that L shape that's within the rectangle of the car park is a short ramp that goes up towards the front door. And then there's a chain link fence which separates it from the car park itself. This seems to very much funnel anyone who comes in through a very narrow uh, through a very narrow entranceway into the building itself. But you can see there are other what look to be fire exits that are dotted around the other the other sides of the building. So there are more, there's more than one way in and out, but it seems they definitely control the main entrance of folks getting in there. There's not that many people out and about outside, mm -hmm. but you can see that there's there's a few policemen with dogs. So presumably the uh, the uh, 
the animal control units, which are going around the perimeter in a slowly expanding circle, looking to see if they can find any presence of animals or something out there. They probably haven't been informed of the exact nature of what's been going on because you imagine that someone starts yelling, worm creatures burst out or something. Yeah. Imagine it's maybe going to start causing panic. So you imagine that information has been kept to a very small group of people. But you land and then shown in by the authorities, by the, the local police, um, and greeted by a African-American lady who's in her uh, in her 40s who introduces herself as uh, your point of contact. Miss Harrison? She's, yes, Dr. Louisa Harrison. Uh, she is not quite sticking out like a sore thumb, but she's dressed in mm -hmm. a full hazmat suit. So she's... So we're expected uh, to gear up for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All yeah, right. She, um, so she shakes hands in her somewhat inflated outfit. For purposes of keeping all players involved as well, you can all have earpieces in, which mean that you can communicate between, even though you're not all on site here, it means those that are currently off doing the autopsy or getting to DRH can still get involved in the scene if you want to throw in quips and, and such via the... But then it obviously depends if the other PCs want to relay information that they... We have cell phones too that we can text. Indeed. Yeah, I have. Yeah. I 100% have my earpiece muted until I get a thumbs up from Doctors Porter or Gad. Oh yeah, because you know what'll happen otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> I know what I'm gonna hear, and I'm not yeah, here for yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll remember. Um, yeah, all right. She 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 introduces herself and says, "Well, hello everyone. I'm uh, Doctor Doctor Harrison. I understand you're the kind of investigative team that are being sent down from the CDC. Yes, that that is correct, Doctor Harrison." Uh, do you have some of the people that knew the um, the poor uh, victims, as it were, some we can interview? Yeah, we've got a couple of people that we've been able to identify that have had at least some connection with, uh, with the two deceased. There's uh, Mr. Moore, who's the, effectively, the director of homelessness services here, who runs the shelter. I mean, shelter's a bit of a got an abrupt term. I mean, the, the NSO Centre here provides a lot more than just shelter facilities. They provide things like um, substance abuse counseling and other, and other services they're not just a, they're not just a room full of beds they they do a lot of stuff here for outreach for the community and mr moore I've, I've known him for quite a while he's been here for well over 10 years so he's he knows a lot of the people come through here so he at least he knew them by sight from what i understand so i've, I've got him um, in his office if you want to have a word with uh, him directly and I'm I'm sure there must be a few of the a few of the people here that were familiar with the with the deceased that were in like the queue either near them or around them or maybe even knew them. But there's there's well over a hundred people here. We haven't had time to to question that many. But I know yeah. definitely Mr. Moore will be able to provide you with some details. Stennis, I guess we should start there. Or do you want to do you want to go to talking to the people that are here? Well, then bring us to Mr. Moore. Um, I don't know. You, you lead the way. I uh, will see. I, I'm really interested in trying to figure out what these worms are. Yeah. Yeah. When you say the, the W word, her eyes do open somewhat wide and says, yeah, you want to probably keep that word on, on the quiet. Everyone. I'm sorry. As far, yeah. as, as far as everyone here is concerned, obviously the, the hundred odd 
homeless that are on site know that two people have died and that the police got called and we showed up fairly soon after. So we've we've set up a kind of processing line where they're going to be going through to one of the back rooms and then out the fire end, uh, one of the fire exits through to the van. And then once they've been tagged, they'll be put back in the main room. But up until then, we're waiting for enough, obviously enough people to build up and then we can ship them off to the hospital afterwards. But we're doing basically blood tests and some on-site, you know, the basic stuff, but it's going to take time and there's a hell of a lot of people to process. Yeah, and I mean, to be honest, uh, amongst the homeless, amongst people whose hygiene is fairly low, there's a lot of parasites. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, you're right. All right, um, yeah, if you'd like to follow me inside, yep. I'll show, show you the, um, can I show you the layout of the place? Coming up off the sidewalk and so running along the edge of the car park, you've got the chain link fence that leads you into the main room. It's roughly square. There's lots of posters around the room with somewhat, uh, in other t in other circumstances, maybe somewhat garish tastes, like proclaiming words like hope and peace and other outreach programs of other charities and organisations around the city. Uh, there's just otherwise rows upon rows of chairs where they've got arms on each of the chairs, so it, tr it tries to prevent people from just laying down on a whole row of chairs at any one time. So if they're going to be here, they sit down rather than uh, rather than lay down. Uh, there are cot beds which are stacked up in a corner, which presumably come out later. But this is mainly a sitting area rather than a sleeping area. There are two doors which lead off that off to the eastern side of the room, one which has men only above the door, the other one women only. The two rooms are fairly similar. Uh, they're, again, more rows of seats and other uh, beds around the edge of the room. There are TVs in the corner of each room that are turned down almost to the minimum volume with a grate across, um, like a wire mesh across the front cover so they can't have stuff thrown at them and break the screen. Uh, just playing local news and other, probably another one's playing an old rerun of an old sitcom that's just say, quietly providing light in the background more than sound. Everyone here is quite sullen. Uh, there are people which are dressed up in lots of thick layers of clothing, uh, multiple layers that they tend to stack on. There's others with uh, raincoats uh, battered around them, some which carry ba bags full of meagre possessions which they hold close to themselves. Others seem to be um, amongst themselves holding these sort of slightly larger than shoebox packages. Uh, they're all blue, and presumably the care packages which have been distributed from the uh, from the university that night. Um, they seem to be swapping all the contents out from each other. They've got things like blankets in them, batteries, uh, some food supplies. Some of them have got what look to be packets of medicines like aspirin and other such common stuff. Things that are not exactly cheap, but not um, they have use out on the streets. Then there's the corridor on the eastern side leads you back to where the care packages were being distributed. And that's where the Wayne State University team are still out there. It's also where the toilets are. And the room that the CDC have appointed as their testing room, so where they're taking their blood tests from before people head out the fire escape, uh, the yeah the fire exit rather. The western wing of the L shape is marked by a door called staff only. Next to that, you've got the reception room, which is where everyone that comes along that raised ramp comes in through here. 
Um, it's a way that the staff can also monitor what people bring in, that they confiscate any drugs that are on persons and also any weaponry and then put them in plastic bins, which are then kept up on rows of shelves. Um, any items that are inside are then given back to the people when they leave. So it's kind of a check in your, um, check in your uh, contraband, get it back when you leave. Uh, there's no one in there at the moment, so the member of staff has, has been moved elsewhere, but no one's also been allowed to go, go and get their stuff out of the, out of the bins. Miss um, Smart, yep. do we, do we, can we get the possessions of the two uh, gentlemen? Yep, they've the... already been put, they've already been pulled aside. The okay. only thing that both of them had on them were each one had a switchblade. So they, mm -hmm. they were armed for personal protection, but they're, they're not identical blades. They're just fairly similar, mm -hmm. but no, nothing else that they had on them. So no drugs, nothing that would have otherwise been confiscated. And do, do, do we know how long that they had been in the shelter? Have they been eating the same shared meals as everyone? It'll be important to do contact tracing. It sounds like mm -hmm. it was something they ingested. I, uh, um, yeah, I'd be curious to get a blood sample. Yeah, Miss, uh, Mr. Moore can inform you of that, which... Once you go through into the main room, heading down that staff-only corridor, uh, Mr. Moore's office is the first one on the left, so it's uh, quite close to get uh, quite close just down the corridor, and then take left in there. Okay. So Moore's office is fairly cramped. There's lots of uh, cabinets that run around the edge of the room. There's a uh, very cluttered and overworked desk with piles of papers on each side that he has got a chair crammed behind it and a couple of chairs in front so he can use this as a kind of meeting for anyone that he's providing services for as well as other members of staff. It doesn't take anyone with any degree or ability in psychology to look at him and see that he is out of his depth. Um, you can see that he is sweating, he is slightly shaking, his eyes are wide, he's, even, he's gripping hold of the edge of the desk and just looking ahead, not kind of in a thousand yard stare, but just trying to like, be calm, be calm, look professional, keep your cool, and it's not working very well at all. But when Louise, um, when Dr. Harrison brings you into the room and does a quick introduction, um, he looks between you all and there's a little flash of hope that comes to his eyes and says, I uh You'll be able to uh, put all the, all this right then, yes? That That's the plan. Hopefully we can just nip this right in the bud. It uh, just sounds like they may have encountered something that gave them a bit of a nasty stomach bug. And um, we just need to do some contact tracing. Hopefully just find out a few things and get all of this wrapped up before it gets to be an issue. That's our job, right? Um, do you, do you, Do you keep any records for how long these two gentlemen were here at the shelter? before today uh well yeah i mean i can answer that straight off the bat they, they don't stay here overnight um they only came in this evening because i imagine word is spread around the around the homeless population that tonight was the the care package drop um but i understand they've been living somewhere uh somewhere off site for uh for a while i think there's you can see kind of cogs almost turning as he's trying to plumb the depths of his memory i i but I'm fairly sure I heard that they were staying with two other two other friends of theirs. So there was a group of four of them, and that they were somewhere nearby, but obviously within walking distance. They weren't like track, uh, trekking across the city or having to take a taxi to get here. They they were in walking distance, but no, they they don't stay on site. But they've they've come in every so often over the maybe I think every other day coming in for uh, coming in for food and then heading off. 
but no, again, nothing out of the ordinary or previous breaking pre, uh, regular behavior up until tonight. When, when they first come in, do they have to register? Do they give an address? No, they, well, in lots of cases, the, the homeless tend to move around lots. Yeah. So they could give an address one day and then it would be different the next. So we, there's very little point us asking. Maybe some of the other uh, people might know where they hang out. I, it, it's possible. Yeah. Mr. Moore, do you know the, the names of the other two individuals? You said there was a little group. Uh, yeah, I mean, they, they all worked. From what I remember, the, the group of them all worked, I think, in a machine shop. Uh, I think it was about three years ago the place closed down and they all they all ended up losing their jobs and losing their homes in quick, in quick succession. So they banded together. Uh, the the other two uh, the other two individuals he quickly sort of flicks through a set of papers on his desk to see where he's got some notes written down quickly. Yeah, um, Anthony Webb and Tim Phelps; those were the other two uh, the other two uh, gentlemen that they they were staying together with. They almost always came in as a group, but tonight it was just the two the two that had come in that that. Uh, so, Mr. Yeah. Webb and Mr. Phelps aren't here today, then. No, no, I haven't seen them. I see. And we don't know where they their shared accommodation was, just that it's within a, within easy walking distance. I, I wonder how far away that machine shop was then. I mean, surely they would know any place better. I think the I think the machine shop used to be on the north side of town, but like I said, it, it closed down like three, mm. three, four years ago. So it's you know, in one of the many one of the many business casualties of the city. It's a common story I've heard so many times over from folks here. Do you have anything else in your records of the four that, that might be of use? He starts having a flick through his uh, through his paperwork. Um no drug troubles. No, um honestly just victims of bad luck and bad circumstance. L life dealt them a really a shitty hand. No, no drug troubles. Uh, alcohol? No, um, well, nothing. I don't say no hard drug problems, but also nothing. No alcohol problems. So they're not. Like, they huh. weren't alcoholics. They weren't addicts. They weren't coming in for AA meetings or anything like that. That seems. I guess it's possible. It it's like it's it's rare, but not not well, not rare. It's uncommon, but not unheard of. Sometimes people just fall through the cracks, and those cracks are abysses. It's it's hard to get back on your feet again. But uh, yeah, you usually self-medicate, or you uh, do something to alleviate the the horror. Oh, there's pl I can I, he points towards the cabinets around you. I could give you hundreds of names that fit that story straight off the bat. Yeah. So. Anybody uh, read Sherlock Holmes? How are we going to figure out, how are we going to deduce where they were? Because my guess is mm -hmm. the other two might be also infected if it was something they ate. Yeah. Or even in close contact with each other, parasites can, can travel. Sure. Yeah, it depends uh, on the, the parasite. What it is. Um, I mean, ideally, if we knew anyone else here at the shelter might know where these people were, were were staying although they probably moved around Possibly where exactly did they die they 
they started screaming and they were convulsing while they were waiting in line to go to the room on the other side of the building where we've got the the Wayne State care packages being given out. But they they were taken away uh, to basically our infirmary just down the corridor from here. And he, he kind of shakily points towards one of the doors out in the corridor and just says, just through through there. And that's where they that's where the screams stop. Okay. We'll have to take a look there. Uh. The um the two paramedics are a couple of a couple of doors down. Understand because they've they've not left the site. They're they've pretty shaken up. Have they they haven't cleaned it up or anything? But they did they just shut the door and then waited for waited for you guys to turn up. Okay. Yeah. Maybe they'll get some samples. Yeah, there should be res too. My, well, doctor, my guess doctor, is if they are if there's some sort of an internal parasite, I'm always saying this low. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If there's some sort of internal parasite, then it needed warmth and moisture inside the body. So how long would it survive outside the body? It would probably. I mean, you've seen worms after a after a, a thunderstorm, a rainstorm, they dry up on the sidewalk because they suddenly don't have moisture anymore. So there definitely should be some residue. Well, I'm not the zoologist, but I mean, things have a life cycle. If they're going to burst out of the body, it means they're probably moving on to the next stage. Maybe they went somewhere to lay eggs or something. If they're anything like any worm, they're going to try to find some sort of body of water or something to lay oh, okay. eggs to reproduce. It's if, if they weren't here to share meals or have extended close contact, it could potentially be spread by fecal contamination and mm -hmm. just not washing your hands, um, touching things, people touch eyes, stuff like yeah. stuff like that can uh, help transmit. Uh, <sighs> Yeah. And some parasites have very complicated uh, life cycles. Uh, you know, your dog gets worms, mm. and the worms fall into the the, uh, the bedding of the dog, mm. and they infect fleas, and the fleas gestate the new worm, and they get accidentally eaten by the dogs, and the cycle's really bizarre. Cycle of life, yes. <laughs> Well, Mr. Moore, you've been very helpful. We may have some more questions for you later, but I think we're going to examine uh, the site. That's okay. Yeah, by um, by all means, uh, I'll um, I'll, I'll just stay here if and be here if you if you need me. He returns to gripping the edge of his desk in an effort to try and maintain focus. Oh boy. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we'll head down the corridor to where um. Trevor, do you want to talk to the uh, paramedics and I'll see if I can pick up samples from the uh, where everything kind of went crazy? Would that be easier or would you prefer to pick up samples and I'll talk to the paramedics? Which oh, no, I was going her. I was going to suggest the same thing. If you could please just get blood samples and do some preliminary yeah. runs to make sure anything's out of the ordinary, I am going to get the hell away from all of this uh, down the hall and try to help with the uh, coordination and response. Maybe see if I see any familiar faces from Wayne State down there. Okay. So before we jump over to the uh, the autopsy, just as you're about to open up the door into the uh, the scene of the crime itself, uh, Trevor, would you like to give me a luck roll to see if you do know anyone from Wayne State that's here? Sure thing. 
That is a 91. I spent all of my time reading and not socializing. Uh, that and also that it seems like the um, the member's staff, or rather the one member of staff that is here, works in a department that you almost certainly would never have uh, crossed paths with. So, yeah, makes, makes sense. They work in gross anatomy. Yeah, I was like, you, you, you have, you don't even know the face. So even when, even when she introduces herself, you have no idea who the hell she is. But yeah, you can certainly go down the corridor and start to uh, talk with the Wayne State folks. There, we'll cut back to that uh, in a sec. For those of you over at DRH, so you've come into land. Uh, you're met by the authorities there, um, staff wearing plenty of white uh, white coats and quarantine uh, attire, not quite full blown. Um, hazmat suits here but they are definitely hitted up and you are taken down to the to the quarantine room i would love those hazmat suits by the way yeah so would i yeah i mean they they can definitely get you full-blown hazmat suits if you want to uh, to have them before you examine the bodies that is not 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 a problem uh hazmat suits interfere with my dexterity I'll, i'll go commando Okay. Seth, like a true doctor. You know, you know, Doctor Lake. Doctor Pepper. No, I have to insist. We we can't let you in there without. Uh, I can wear something over my face, but my hands have to be free. You can still be. um, You can still be so excited for this, Doctor Lake. You Uh, ever have a calling in life? Yeah, God. Exactly. Anyway, I, just... I already, I already fulfilled my lifelong dream of getting off of a helicopter onto a roof. <laughs> At least there's not an explosion behind us. <laughs> this is not a Michael Bay production. You don't have to worry about that. <laughs> well, not yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't wait to start cutting into this body. These bodies. Yes. There's a, quite a bounty. Earpieces yeah. going out. <laughs> and we can do, uh, and we can, and we'll do onsite. Uh, I'll do onsite tests as well because quicker, quick we get through it. We need dirt samples. If the bodies have any dirt, which I assume they will. Okay, so, Doctor Lake and Logan, you're provided with hazmat suits if you want them. So you've then got the tube that goes up the back, which connects up to the air supply from the ceiling. So you just have a series of, like. Um, that's what I'm looking for, like paths, like um, racks in the ceiling that kind of dictate whereabouts in the room you can move to. So you can't just like run across from one corner to the other. It's case of right, no, go down to this junction, then pull it across and then move across and so on. Very cool. Whereas uh, Dr. Pepper, you are going in pretty much with a, a respirator over your face because the one thing they will say is you still got that won't interfere with your dexterity. But otherwise you are covered up in lots of plastic PPE. Uh, kind of almost somewhere between surgical scrubs and uh, a morgue attendant's uh, clo- uh, clothing attire, but still enough that will protect things like there's no op- uh, no visibly open skin, so there's going to be no worry about skin to, or any fluids getting on you having any effect. But it still means you definitely have your fingers and hands ready to do whatever nimble work you need to do. Oh. Once you get through almost like the first airlock, it's a fairly big, heavy steel door, gets you through into the next one, which then leads you through into the room where there are a series of four um, 
effectively morgue tables that have been put aside, only two of which obviously have bodies on the minute, the two, that um, Rolf and 30, that were brought in. So both of them have been stripped naked so that you can see the see them rather than having to fight through clothing their clothing is in a part in two separate boxes which are again on the the edge of the room it's very obvious what's happened to them that there is a four inch diameter hole which has come out of their abdomen and the interior of their chest cavity has sunk down uh, with a couple of even just rudimentary looking at the body before you even have to worry about probing it it looks like they've been hollowed out from the inside. All internal organs have been removed, whether that being eaten or whatever, they're not there now. And there is then this four inch wide circular hole that is evidently a burst out rather than something having gone in. There's no signs of any entrance wound. Well, you definitely notice a four inch hole if something had gone straight in and then come back out. So whatever was in there, had presumably grown from the inside to become this size before it got out. Wow, this is just exquisite. This is uh, intriguing indeed. Um, yeah, we're going to have to take a lot of samples here. Um, I would because... like the names of the ambulance crew just in case. Yeah. Yep. Um, the um, staff, the staff at DRH, because you'll also be hooked into them, so you can, so they can hear any requests you've got, uh, can perk up over the intercom and provide you with names. Uh, that'll be Lorenzo Newman and Jacqueline Walsh, who were the paramedics that were uh, sent on scene. They're still at the the NSO centre. Okay. Get them into quarantine. Uh, yes. Just in case, definitely. until we are able to identify what this is. Yeah, Tassav and Pepper, I'm gonna need definitely need blood samples for um to check for flukes. And then um and then we need well, I was gonna say we need to check the intestines, but I don't think there's any in there. I mean we can take a peek. <laughs> I can I can show you with But pleasure. there might be some tissue left if yeah, there's probably some evidence of them there, so we need some of that. We also need any dirt and fingernails and that, because I need to check. Yes. As worms like to be soil transmitted, so... Be... Yeah, worms can travel all throughout the body. I, I wonder where they entered. I'm going to, uh, first, before I look at the bodies, I'm going to look at the clothing, and in particular... I'm going to look at the shoes to see if they're in good shape or in bad shape. Fairly poor. Uh, not to the point where the soles are coming away from the rest of the, the rest of the upper material, but they've been well-worn, probably a couple of holes uh, in them as well. They were wearing multiple layers of clothing, so they'd, they'd stocked up on most things like old discarded uh, sports clothing. So lots of jogging bottoms and tractor tracksuit bottoms that they layered over the top of each other, and then old beaten up uh, like wax raincoats that they had over the top of everything. So it tried to keep them dry while they were warm as well. Mm. Uh, lots of normal grime, absolutely reeks of body odor, sweat, but otherwise nothing that immediately gives you any hint of anything out of the ordinary. 
Though I would personally doubt that they got it, the infection through the foot, because that's a common way tapeworms enter the body. Yeah, you, um, you can definitely have a look at the soles of the feet and, in fact, the whole of the foot, and it doesn't look like there's any entrance wound or any hole or anything of that nature there whatsoever. So no, you can you can definitely rule out the feet as being the entry the entry point. Now, um, either Dr. Lake or Logan, you mentioned specifically about wanting to have a look at the intestines or rather the lack thereof. <laughs> um, you can give me a spot hidden roll. Good thing I have uh, skills to set. Right? Yeah, I think I might do as well because it'll come in handy. I'll put mine at 50. I will also put mine at 50. Always a good skill to have. Oh, I'm such a trendsetter. Uh, 31 out of 50. So. I failed. 85. Okay. Well, um, I got Logan's, <laughs> Logan's probably distracted by the fact that, yeah, that the, the inside of the body is just this hollow mass. There's just the occasional remnants of bits of bone, even then the whole, but some of the rib cage is gone. You can see there are just chunks that have been taken out of where the bone should be. And um, there's just sin there's just flesh, the outer skin, and some remnants of muscle near the um, near the outer layer of skin that's remained. Otherwise, all the all the juicy bits, all the organs on the inside, they're just gone. It's like someone has hollowed out this body is almost like a pinata. It's just they've gorged themselves on the interior and then popped straight out the front. Are you saying that over the where we can all hear? I, I will uh, keep mine on yeah. mainly just in the hope that Daniel has accidentally turns mm. this That, if I can interrupt, that doesn't sound like a worm. That sounds like a fish, like an eel or a, a hagfish. They Enough. tend to eat into dead animals and just start ripping them out from the inside. Leave a husk. Yeah. I would find it unlikely that any parasite that's likely to survive through evolution would kill its host. That's kind of contradictory. I don't think worms idea. have teeth. So well, can worms, you gentlemen can eat stuff? Can you gentlemen make an estimate as to the size of the creature based on what it consumed and how big the exit hole is? Is there anything four inch hole? Four yeah. inch hole. So you're looking at a rather large. How long? That's a snake. Do you yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we don't know. Well, we might be able to tell based on when we actually look into it how it probably grew in. So it's probably well, that's just it. So tiny. If before it left, it took up the entire chest cavity of of the yeah. deceased, and then it left. That gives you some sense of the general mass of it. So what yeah. are we looking at lengthwise based on that diameter? One of the one of the most common things about like large hagfish is they're extremely slimy. Mm -hmm. So if you find a lot of slime, then somehow they got a probably a hagfish. Well it's when when you animal. when you guys are examining the scene, mm -hmm. uh take samples of any you find any dirt, slime, blood, anything. Any fluid of any kind. I oh, think it's, it's time for me to get to work. So I'm going to turn off my radio so I can concentrate. Mm. 
Okay. It's specifically then as you're talking about fluids that uh, Dr. Lake, your attention is brought down to one of the few remaining bits of the interior that's left, and that's the anal cavity. It doesn't look as though much matter passed through here, but there are remnants of uh, fecal matter that was left dormant down here. Roll me a d3. Okay. Uh, that is two. That's when you spot two things moving in the cavity. Oh boy, Tassif Pepper. Yes. Right. I I'm just gonna I'm gonna take where I'm gonna take a sample and quarantine the shit out of that sample. Yeah, you, you could get a petri uh-huh, dish. Really funny. You can get a petri dish and putting uh, putting them in there without any too, uh, without any difficulty. It does require the use of tweezers because these things that are moving around here they are only a few millimeters long at best. Yeah, I'm... so it's quite it's probably more likely Doctor Pepper would be able to be the one that would be more dexterous to be able to get them in and pull them out and drop them into uh, drop them into a dish. But. Even in the hazmat suit, it's possible. It's just probably a bit frustrating. You're just trying to go, bah, missed, missed yeah, again. I, I'm used to doing this, just not in a hazmat suit. So, uh, Pepper, can you yeah, grab that worry, sample? And then I will examine it whilst Tassev is performing it's like, his examination. Know. All right. So, uh, Tassev, would you like to give me a forensics role to give me? I'd a... love to, with the utmost care and respect. Give an indication of what exactly happened in here. Hey, that is failure. Uh, I'm going to spend 19 to make it a pass. Oh, someone's pre- preserving. Oh, actually, could I, could I, could I push? I'd say, yeah, you can do that. Yeah, I'm going to push it. You, you, you might, you might be leaping to some assumptions if you fail. But fine by me. I'm an expert. I'm never wrong. Never. Well, we know who the loose cannons are of this. 94. Okay, yeah, well you you're reaching some uh, some definite conclusions here. That yeah, I mean there's there's obviously no external signs of like forced entry. So mm-hmm. therefore it had to be something they, they ate because it's already been mentioned about the yeah. I'll turn on my radio. You guys ever watch Alien? <laughs> yeah, it was noodles. They were all sat around a table and <laughs> Uh, although quote, quoting another horror film, man is the uh, the warmest place to hide. So maybe that's why they were stuck in here for so long. But so yes, I will give this information with the confidence of someone who thinks that they're right. And yeah. I, I'm going to intelligence check <laughs> just just so that we're keeping on track. Because if we're going to believe them, we're going to end up down a hole that we don't want to go. Oh, oh, I don't it's... trust anybody who's not a doctor. <laughs> Fifty-two. <laughs> Fifty-two out of eighty. So, yeah, maybe, intelligence maybe is my highest. So. Maybe, maybe there's some jumps that are being made here, and some maybe extrapolations. Well, if you're going to call me out on it, why don't you do the forensics? Well, well why don't I'm, you try I'm, doing an autopsy? Well, I'm looking at the shit right now, and then I might come and do your job because clearly you're jumping to some wrong conclusions. Maybe just. Get Pepper to also have a look. So you got two people. I went to Harvard, Doctor Lake. Oh, Oh, look at me! I went to a prestigious. I am sure I'm right. I'm willing to bet money on it. 
Oh, willing to bet money on it. Okay. Let me just check this shit and then I will make a bet with you. Um, I, I want to do a medical examination on the body and I'm particularly looking for if the body was, uh, oh shit, wait. Um, if the body was like somewhat deprived of fluids or if, uh, it looks like the person was maybe hungry or starving or something. Perfect. Yep. You can definitely give me a medicine roll for that. All right. Uh, 94 i'm also gonna push it i'll push it because i have 70 in medicine <laughs> so i'm gonna be i'm gonna take my prophylactics off because i'm really getting in there we're gonna raw dog this autopsy uh, and, oh and that's a that's a 12 <laughs> oh, that's a all right so uh, the, he the, always the, go commando said, the, the gloves were getting in the way yeah mm. right uh you are onto something here that there is definitely signs that the bodies look very much like all what's left of them look very much like what you what you'd expect a victim of a tapeworm infestation to look like mm. so you imagine that at various points that they would have experienced things like stomach pains diarrhea sudden weight loss there's certainly evidence of that because you can see stretch marks in the skin around the around the midsection there's even kind of loose skin hanging off their underarms as well where they've lost uh, suddenly lost weight uh, you imagine they probably would have suffered headaches, fatigue, loss of appetite, nausea, vomiting, although there's nothing really left in, there's no stomach to check. But there is the esophagus where you can, even if you just got down in there and had a good whiff and smell what's in there. Yeah, they, they'd almost certainly vomited at some point in the um, in the relatively recent time before they died that they had vomited. So, yeah, there's definitely signs there. Uh there is also evidence of jaundice, so the skin has this yellowy t uh, tint to it as well. And probably when, when blood tests come back, they would confirm there are signs of anemia too. So yeah, very much like um, a tapeworm infestation. So this thing would have been sat inside them, presumably in the intestinal tract, sucking up all of the, um, all of the nutrients that came into the body, depriving the host. And if they have then either procreated or somehow not laid eggs, because these are things which are moving around. So they're, they're not like, they're not eggs. They are physically like, not fully grown, but they're definitely moving around of their own volition. These things could have been maybe excreted out of the rear and then gone to feed in the remnants of the intestinal tract that remained. But yeah, obviously these things are so small, but the things that grew out of them, maybe like grains of rice in size, but whatever obviously grew out of them was much, 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 much bigger. These puppies did a real number on this bad boy. Porter and Gat, you can hear because I have kept my thing on. So, Doc, Dr. Dr. Lake, I, I, asking out of my field, of course, um, it sounds like you might have a description of what people suffering from this look like so we can pass it along to to get a visual take on what sufferers might look like you said jaundice anemia things like you that would, you would know these people would look yeah. sicker than a dog okay i would also make sure to quarantine their bathrooms right so it spreads possibly through through waste contamination yes uh i was just wondering you said the entire chest cavity was emptied is there 
this I can't imagine how this would work, but is there any chance this creature somehow subsumed the functioning of those higher organs? Or did they just leave them for the last bite? I mean, how could that have worked? That's ridiculous. Yeah, that's well, ridiculous. how could that have worked? What kind of science fiction is we we don't have... we we don't know. We could theorize, but we we don't know. I'm gonna ex I'm gonna test for shit. I'm also gonna take a sample of the dirt. If there's any dirt in their fingernails or toenails, which I assume there would be because of their status, I'm gonna take multiple samples. I'm gonna test the shitty worms and mm. the uh, dirt. We do also, also need to test blood for flukes as well, because then that can back up mm. our. I'm, I'm it's also contact... possible the large exit wound was multiple worms that burst out at the same time. I don't I'm... know about that. Let's compare the two holes in each body. And if they're vaguely similar, I will. That's probably disproved. That they uh, are very similar. They are almost yeah, so the same. They're almost one... identical widths. I'm going to contact Dr. Daniels to give them the balderized version of that. So yes, it was waste is one of the ways it works and a description of what sufferers would look like. So they have something to work from, but I'll skip a lot of the other nasty details. Yeah. My assumption would be that the worm grew off of the bodily fluids of uh, this poor bastard until it eventually killed him by being too big within his uh, chest cavity and then just ate him. Yeah. Uh, if you've got if you've got a sample of one of the small worms, we can maybe identify what it is. Well, I am about to do some tests on these. All right. All right. Having a look at your two little friends in the petri dish, yes. you can give me either uh, medicine or science biology, or in your um, also science zoology as well. I have my zoology, so obviously. I will use my speciality because it'd be pointless not to. That's what you're here for. That was very, 68 out of 70. That was very close <laughs> to... Uh. Okay. Uh, roll me a D3. Okay. Uh, two. Okay, this will probably take you a couple of hours. So this is going to be some fairly extensive, um, extensive testing. But you can at least get this... This will be not just a case of looking at them, but also potentially trying to dissect one of them. Um, this will be under a microscope because they are so small. Of course. But um, getting a real detailed list of everything that you can about them. And also potentially yeah. looking at things like weaknesses to uh, to various stimuli and other substances that you throw at it. But your opening salvo as such, the things that you notice, uh, they are indeed worm-like they do writhe they have a kind of rugose skin and the thing that maybe freaks you out slightly is that the head it opens up like a flower it has four distinct flaps that open and there are things that almost look like very proto needle-like teeth that line each of the flaps right. this is not this is not a creature that you have seen before in fact, it's... this looks like something out of someone's nightmare. You can give me a sanity roll. Of course, this is disturbingly fascinating, but depending on my sanity roll is depending on if that stays disturbing. I am Does he perhaps share photographs? Uh, I probably won't until after I've... Um done my examination just because I, uh, Orion, even when he doesn't work, 
even though he doesn't do a lot of work, when he does, he gets head on into it because he'll test the dirt as well. Uh, I got 21, uh, which is a success because I have uh, 50. Okay, so yep, you, your fascination is not uh, countered by revulsion here, so it's a zero on a pass. Okay. But yeah, the, these things are definitely, as far as you're aware, completely hitherto unknown to science. This is just completely against anything land-based creature that you're familiar with, or even or even aquatic. The closest, as actually Dr. Gatz already suggested, is that it even maybe looked like a um, like a lamprey, perhaps. Yes. But they don't have so much flaps. They're more circular suckers that they, they attach with, and then have rows of teeth going around a hole. This is completely different to anything that you're familiar with. Uh, we'll get back to your list of things that you find in a little while, so we'll give the other the other team some time to go over stuff. But you do get some initial preliminary stuff from going things like the under the dirt and such under the fingernails. Um, obviously, plenty of uh, dirt, just like regular soil, but there's mm -hmm. also signs that there's what brick dust in there as well, which implies maybe a building site that they've been fairly near before as well. Uh, there's also a couple of wood chips, or like splinters, that they find under the nails as well. Not that would have caused any harm to them, but just where it's like little flakes of old wood, like really old wood. So the property that they're staying in is almost certainly a very old property. It's not like uh, lots of the districts around here, the buildings are probably about 100 years old, but this is probably something older than that. The old property near a building site is what we're, or on a building site is probably what we're looking for. You're, you're fairly good. That would be a, that would be a good astute observation. Yes, I'll be a big I, Yeah, I'll be relaxed. Even throughout my mumbling, so you probably have to like turn the thing off because I mumble throughout my entire examination. So you'll get bored right. of me. There is. So then we've got say. Lake's taking care of the uh, your, your two little friends. Pepper and Logan, what do you want to do with the other bodies? Hmm. So were we able to just get all we could get from the autopsy? Yeah, what, what kind of things are you looking for? Well, I'm looking for any other injuries besides the uh, obvious one yeah yeah there's if you can have a good thorough look around the rest of the body you do not find any entrance wounds at all which implies that the only way they could potentially have got through um, into the body would have been through one of the large open orifices mm -hmm. so either it went up the rear or it went down the throat maybe have gone in through the nose potentially but it's not made any obvious Borrowing or entrance from the outside. Otherwise, this thing definitely got in through an orifice. How about the brain? Yeah. Any signs of uh, abnormalities in the brain? Yeah, actually, there may be something you could find there. Yeah, give me, give me another medicine roll, or for, uh, oh. medicine or forensics. All right, I'll roll the forensics. I swapped out the dice. It's gonna go perfectly. 63 right. yeah, perfect plan yeah there's there's definitely do you take a few uh few small biopsies 
and start running them through to see if there's any odd chemical, maybe chemical imbalance. Structurally, there isn't anything different there. It's not right. like the brain's rotted or it's constricted inside the skull. But you do find there is something in in the fluid within the brain that is definitely not supposed to be there. Um, and that's yeah, for both bodies. So it's, for both okay. bodies, yes, yeah. And that while Doctor Lake is performing his um, his experiments, that yeah, you you can start performing a breakdown of what these things are. The closest that you can get that this material is this fluid is some kind of mutagen. That there was that something act, there was something actively inside these bodies which was, or at least had the potential if it had been in there long enough. To start mutating the body on a on a almost cellular cellular level. Again, this is completely outside of any sphere that you are familiar with. This this is unheard of in nature. It's the discovery of a lifetime. Nobel Prize, here you come. I will let everyone know that something has been that the parasites that have been residing within the bodies of these victims they've been altering their genetic makeup starting to sound more and more like your alien from the movie I will definitely pass it on to Daniels because that's just my brain is hurting <laughs> that's I don't know if that's sanity shattering or not because are there animals that do something like that I don't know. There, there are certain parasites which can uh, certainly warp and distort the hosts. I mean, there is the uh, the classic zombie mm. uh, yeah. bug. But they don't change the gene it's not, structure. It's, it's, they don't change the genes. They mm -hmm. just take over the brain. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm going to say even. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, let's, sure. let's get a sample. Uh, okay, I'm making this now, yeah. <laughs> I, don't get that I shit think... on you. <laughs> I'm in a hazmat suit. I think Dr. Pepper should be worried. I mm. think that the only possible explanation for this, Dr. Tassif, is some sort of biological weapon. Uh, with the recent invention of things like CRISPR, it's mm. not irrational that a genetically modified creature could modify the DNA of its host. It would just need time to evolve that, and it would be impossible to do that outside of a lab. Oh, well, you just mentioned, like, terrorism if if you you could invent perhaps a bacteria or a virus that would genetically alter a worms higher up the evolutionary don't. chain though that's i think anyone well, can make is, worms to do that this is but very what if common. the what if somehow you you use a, a virus or a bacteria to alter the person's dna which then passes that on to the tapeworm and the tapeworm's DNA is altered in the same process. I, this is science fiction as far as I'm concerned, but that would maybe work. While I'm dabbling in my... Uh, theoretically, that is plausible. Well, Dr. Gatt, I've certainly heard of uh, viruses being introduced to even to humans uh, and certainly to animals and plants. Uh, that modify their genetic code. Um, bacteria have been modified by viruses to produce uh, hormones like insulin and stuff like that. And if you were an evil scientist, like in the movies or the TV, which we all are, the homeless people are the easiest victims to use because they're alive, they're there, 
nobody cares about them. Especially exactly. when there's so many of them are test subjects. Yeah, this would be like that, testing that reality is no one will, not many people will miss them. Sad reality, but we need to keep this science based for now. I know what we're seeing is uh, extraordinary, but um, we need to keep us in the realm of science at the minute. And we can keep, well, keep it in the realm of theoretical science. And then we can get into even crazier stuff if it comes to it. So making sure that you're firmly doffing your uh, black hats with skulls on them and being more bad guys than the actual bad guys in this uh, in this scenario. Um, Dr. Pepper, what uh, what do you want to do with your time here? I want to examine, since this mutagen has been brought up, if there have been any mutations. So I'm going to do a cellular, uh, an examination of the cells of this guy. Yeah, you start having a look at the the real low level or the lowest level there are minor changes which have taken place um, give me a yeah medicine will be the best best result for this to try and do an extrapolation of how long you think this would have taken to show what, or what kind of effects it might display all right regular pass okay you think that definitely it would there is more evidence of the mutagen having had an effect on the epidermis. So the skin is the first thing that you think would have shown change. And yet there are a couple of places, maybe around the wrists and maybe running up the forearms, where the skin has become this kind of rugose, kind of uh, ridged or ribbed kind of appearance. Maybe at first thought you looked at it and thought, oh, it's just the excess skin from where they've had this rapid weight loss. But no, there's definitely this kind of leathery kind of hide that's now that you're looking at under a different lens. That yeah, they have outwardly they are they were starting to have the very first signs of some kind of physical change, but it was very subtle. You think it would it must have taken it must take weeks before anything really visible would have started to happen. So they they would have had to have had the host in this thing inside them as hosts. For a long time. Interesting, but that leaves the question: Why modify someone if you're not modifying them enough to benefit you biologically? Again, it seems like the weapon explanation is the only one that makes sense. And and why eat them if the change hasn't happened completely? Yeah. Again, some something doesn't add up here. On those uh, couple few more questions than answers. We'll skip over to the group about to open the door going into the the scene of the crime. So, who's opening the door? Uh, I'll open the door. And what I, and I'll explain to Dr. Gat what I'm going to do is I want to actually have the light off and I'm going to run a UV light around the room to see if we can more easily spot biological samples with it. It'll make them stand out. And then turn the light back on. You can collect them and I'll, you know, I'll try to help you. Gotcha. That makes sense. Sure. Well, it does not require a spot hidden roll or anything to notice the fact that when you go in uh, go in the room with your UV light, everything glows. Uh, you, can me, you can give me a spot hit uh, not spot hidden. You can give me a sanity roll for the fact the room is covered in blood. Oh my god. Nope, what do I lose? <laughs> uh, on a fail, it's um, 1d4. Uh... Not what I signed up for. Pass is one. 
Oh, that's delightful. Gotcha. Yeah, this this is fairly gruesome. This is there's evidently signed that there were struggles that took place in here. These two poor, these two poor individuals that were in here, they were dead when they were brought in, but whatever came out of them thrashed so much. It spewed blood everywhere. It's like a Jason Pollock artwork all over the walls, the ceiling, the floor, everywhere. And the blood that's poured out of them, the think of all those, these bodies have been that they're almost like, uh, balloons that were at least had some degree of blood left in them that then just sploshed all over the floor leaving a lovely pool that shows all of the squiggles the squirming and the serpentine movements of these creatures as they came out and then started to move around the room you're you can get impressions of the fact that what came out of these people were at least four feet long any 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 egress to this room other than the door but well, we can follow the trails. Yeah, the the trails give it away where they've where they've gone. Well, um, I'm just there's... asking. Can they? There's no way out, right? Or well, there's no doors out of here. There is a window. The window's shut. And immediately beneath the window, there is a small air vent, and the air vent has got a large four inch hole that has been punched straight through it. Is well, it a metal? metal? It's metal. Jesus Christ. Matt, just one thing I'm trying to get a sense of here. Like, so these worms spewed a bunch of stuff. Were they basically kind of siphoning and and vomiting the the contents of the bellies of the the victims? Is that what they were doing? They, it's the liquid that's been left inside the body that they've just spewed when they've come out. It's almost oh, okay. think of the that was just a natural a pressure thing that yeah. threw it across the space. Okay. Yeah, they haven't uh. excreted anything, but you you can notice that there are a couple of points where there's for instance, this was a regular like an infirmary or regular sick bay. Mm -hmm. There's a couple of metal cabinets where there's some large, almost like bite marks have been taken out of the side of them. You can see um, sections of the floor that look as though something has taken a chunk out of the lino flooring. They, they didn't know how to get out. They were yeah, just... does it look like they were kind of exploring the room and the pattern until they found a way to escape and they were just biting until they got something? More that the angles at which the things like the edge of the cabinet have been attacked, it's almost a case of like a baby probing something that it's can I bite this? Can I eat yeah, this? Yeah, like a shark or something. Okay. Yeah. I'm sending uh, a picture to the uh, forensics guys, but not Daniels. Uh, <laughs> I'll take a picture and is, send them along. Is, is there any indication that the things could actually climb or they, they can certainly sliver? I mean, the the air vent is only about two feet off the floor. So these things being about four feet long could easily have just reared themselves up and then tried mm. to go through the vent. They've definitely got through the interior part of the vent. Give me a spot hidden roll. Um, I'm going to follow in the two. Logan path and put 50. kind of hard. Okay. Okay, uh, you're good. Yeah, you you also remember from having come in because you remember walking past that air vent on the other side on the exterior not broken on the outside when you go you bend down and have a look at this thing and you can't see light coming in from the other side but what you can see and you start you don't program it's not like you're crazy enough to put your hand in and start feeling right. around but you do have a look at it from various different angles and when you look at it from a fairly sharp angle from above you can see 
that there is a hole that goes straight through the brickwork going down. This thing got to the air vent. You think, with a hard success, you think it probably recoiled away from the cold it could feel from the outside and then burrowed straight down through the brickwork. This, this place has a basement. Brick. It does. This place yes. has a basement. Okay, um, doctor, we need to go and check. Well, let's let's make sure on this. Uh, is there anything sharp in here, like a, a, a what do you call it, a box cutter or a scalpel? They're probably pretty flimsy. I'm gonna, well, for the sake, we'll say I grab a scalpel and I'll go up to the wall, which is probably at least on this side, probably drywall, yep. and I will you know cut a hole where the where they went through the vent and pull the whole thing out so we can see that they mm -hmm. went down definitely you have a lovely cross-section of their burrowing hole goes straight down and towards the basement should we bring the we'll dogs the in we should, should we bring mm -hmm. the dogs in the base just us we don't want the dogs to become another vector. Yeah, okay, fair enough. We don't know what this is. Okay, these things can bite through metal. We need something to protect ourselves. Yeah. Okay, it's going to sound I, weird. Can we ask for a riot shield from somebody? Well, that, I think it's probably a fire axe. Mm -hmm. There's probably a fire axe next to the fire extinguishers. Yeah, there will be. Mm -hmm. I'll grab the fire axe. Okay. Me meanwhile, uh, Trevor, you've gone down the other side of the building a completely uh, spared of that lovely sight in the infirmary. Yeah, this and is just a tapeworm infection. Like, easy peasy. We're just going to get this resolved. Ignorance is bliss, baby. <laughs> Take a few pills that we find in the morning. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, so down the other end, you've got the, the main CDC, which is where uh, Dr. Harrison, she's doing a lot of the coordinating from there, making sure that the queue of people come from the main room down that corridor, then up towards where the uh, the room beyond where the care packages were being distributed. Uh, people are being taken in one at a time, so they're not being they're not crowding folks in there. Basically, uh, offering please take uh, give us an arm. They extract some blood. People are also going down the line and offering plenty of water to hydrate them, which will make it easier for blood uh, blood samples to be taken. And they seem to be following in quite a. Uh, quite a regimented quite a mechanical process it very much seems like a conveyor belt at this point of one person in suck next uh, they then obviously are fed out and standard process is being followed before they're brought back into the main room with a red wristband around their wrist that says that they have been at least preliminarily tested so they can then be identified and moved out when uh, there's going to be a series of uh, minibuses that carry them up to the hospital at this point. They'll basically be doing like a again another conveyor belt of runs from here to the hospital. Um, as you pass by the room with the uh, the care packages in them, you can see that's where pretty much the university staff who have already been checked over and also the professor that's with them. Um, she's a uh, lady in her probably early fifties, you think. Again, definitely has that kind of bearing as being that she is a scientist or at least a, a doctor or professor of some kind with the university. Uh, and that she seems to be trying to keep everyone calm and taking charge. But these are lots of, not they're not teenagers, they're kids in their early 20s. Some of them are trying to go and trying to get on their phones. And I was going to ask, do they look like they're undergrads? Themselves. I empathize deeply with 
it's hurt it's worse than hurting cats because they think they know what they're doing but these are indeed all undergrads no one here is postgrad <laughs> i i feel a slight tug at the old heartstrings and i'll go in to just try and give a little bit of guidance and uh just be like oh um hi hi there uh at, Daniels, I'm here with the CDC. Do you do you need any help with anything? It looks kind of like you got a little science project going on down here. <laughs> I wish. No, uh, yeah, she kind of flicks her hair out of her eyes and uh, gives you, extends a hand. Yeah, uh, Professor Hackett, um, Eleanor Hackett. Uh, Dr. Hackett, it's really glad that you're here doing, um, like giving these care packages from Wayne State and everything. As um, how has everyone been doing with it? Are you having any issues with coordination? Have, are people starting to get irritated around here? I know it's a it's a tight and close space with lots of folks. Yeah, no. Um, thankfully, people have been quite good about all this. That there, there's concern amongst uh, some of the kids here. There's um. I think the hardest thing is mainly trying to keep them off the off the damn phones, but so they've been been informed not to not to make any outgoing calls, not to post anything on social media. But they, as far as I can tell, they're all keeping to, uh, keeping to that. Would you want a little bit of assistance with that? I um, uh, nothing motivates an undergrads more than uh, fecal contamination. I think I may be able to get get a little bit of help here. Um. And at this point, I stop stooping and stretch to my actual full height of 6'3", whenever I'm not hunched over to make an average 5'10", um, and just say, like, to the undergrads around, be like, hey, everybody, um, so we're here with the CDC, you know, everybody's trying to get a little bit of an early response on this. Uh, it seems like the, the folks that you heard earlier had a pretty severe stomach bug. And um, it's likely caused by fecal contamination. It's, you know, just getting it on your hands. And if you're doing things like touching your phones and then you hold that up to your face, like, oh, buddy, that's going to get in ears, eyes. If you touch, like, stop touching your face right now. Stop. Don't do it. Because it, unless you wash your hands with scalding hot water for at least two minutes, that's that's not going to do anything so i think for everyone's safety it would be best for y'all to put on gloves and please try to refrain from getting on your phones unless you want to be shitting out worms uh, later this week and i'm happy to roll a persuade to see if i can <laughs> i I'd, i think i'll give you i'll give you two bonus dice for that if you really want to make a roll. <laughs> because yeah they are no way in hell gonna put their phones up to their ears after hearing that kind of shit. <laughs> all right i'm gonna give myself a 50 and persuade just mm -hmm. because if i can actually talk it works all right yeah right. if you get a hard success or better that you may actually get one of them to not inadvertently but will will mention something of interest okay and that is so the lowest would be a 12 is that that sounds, a, like, a that sounds like a hard um yep. not quite an extreme but i can if it would help too no no hard's hard's fine okay so yeah you, you hear a couple of bits of banter going between a couple of a uh, couple of students where one of them says oh no wonder no wonder ophelia got the fuck out of here if she's got the, got that shit all over her hands i mean what oh, what didn't she go out through the uh, didn't she bunk through the toilets so the another one uh, turns it down and says, "No, you, you idiot! Of course she, she. Why would she run through the toilets if she got fe fecal matter on her hands already? She would have got it got going in the toilets. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, you're, you're hearing that apparently this is where this Ophelia, uh, Ophelia Waters was seen running 
um, the way that she got out of the building was she went to the fe- uh, to the female the yeah, the ladies' toilets and then bunked out a window. Um, I will lean over uh, to sort of just quietly whisper with Doctor Hackett. I was just like, um, not sure if you just heard that. Are you missing one of your undergrads, someone named Ophelia? Yeah, she gets a. Um, the professor gets quite a not stern look, but definitely a focused look about her. Just just mentioning the name Ophelia does not fill her with any kind of happiness. Says, "Yeah, I um, understand. I I RA'd for three years. I deeply understand." <laughs> uh, give me a listen, psychology roll. Okay, I will do forty in psychology because I'm pretty bookish. Um, and that is an 84 i'm not going to spend 44 points of luck on that no okay no there's there's something that kind of crosses her face that makes you think actually no it's not that it's not what your what your initial hypothesis something else is going on here that you're you're not being able to put your finger on but before you're able to kind of maybe read her in a bit more detail that she says no um no, Miss Waters is is kind of known to the uh, the academic body that she's got some she's got some problems, and we've we've been looking into her for a little while. We've got well, we've got some concerns about her. It um I I I understand that there may be other issues that I'm not uh, exactly privy to at the moment, but. The issue here is that we have some folks with evidence of maybe some sort of a tapeworm contamination, and we do need to keep an eye on everyone to be sure that we're doing contact tracing and reducing any additional spread. Um, Your students over there mentioned that she went into the restroom earlier and that they haven't heard anything since. I um, am not very keen to go diving into a women's restroom. if you wouldn't mind, do you think that folks here may be able to handle themselves? I can escort you just to try and bring her back in here to be with everyone else. Yeah, I mean, we can certainly have a look in there. As far as I'm aware, there's, she's not in there now because I obviously well, that's I poked my head in there earlier. But yeah, we we can go now. Oh, I can go if and have a look. If you wouldn't mind checking mind. before we check other rooms in the building, ju- just to be sure. But it sounds like this is. I don't want just some student, especially like I don't want some undergrad from Wayne State to get infected by all of this because it's going to make everybody look really bad. So we can, you know, count all of our ducks and uh, just get that taken care of. I really appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, she she kind of not says under her breath, but kind of says quietly to you that this is all a bit. This is, I'm a I'm a botanist. This is all a bit out of my out out of my field of expertise. So I'm a pharmacist. How do you think I feel? Yeah, go go figure. <laughs> but yeah, you, you walk over with her towards uh, towards the toilets. Um, she heads on inside. Um, from the doorway, you can still see in there. Give me a spot hidden roll. Okay. Um give myself a 60 in spot hidden everyone else is doing 50s i'm gonna survive and hell yeah that is an 11 so hard success uh, extreme success actually right in which case then uh you notice that from the angle where that you look in there's a couple of stalls inside and then sort of wash basins on the other side of um, the room from that. You can see the the window that's not been broken, but it's been forced up, and that's evidently where she's then jumped out of. But one of the stall's doors is open, and in 
big, thick, uh, what looks to be uh, almost permanent marker, but with one of those big fat chiseled uh, points. Uh, there's a message that's been scrawled on the interior of the um, the bathroom stall. Gracie, where are you? Call me, D. Yeah, it looks like it's been relative. It's a relatively recent piece of graffiti. That it's you can see that it's been plastered over a whole load of other stuff like uh, numbers that have been placed. Like, hey, you want a good time? Call this number, kind of thing. But then there's this has been scrawled all over everything. In fact, with with an extreme, you notice it's in both of these uh, the two stalls that you can see. It's in both of them. So whoever's put this note in there is making it very obvious that when you whenever you go into a stall, they're going to see that message. Okay, but yeah, otherwise um, there is there is no one in here. There's nothing odd about the toilets. Nothing is crawling or writhing around in any of the uh, any of the lavatories themselves. Everything is otherwise normal in here. Okay. Um, in that case, I'll probably like crack the door a little bit and just say, um, any, anybody in there? Well, apart, okay. apart from the, uh, the professor that's gone in here, uh, Hackett, I think her name is. Hackett, uh, yes. Hackett, yes. But no, apart from her, there's no one else in there. Okay. Um, so then I'll just make a little bit of chit chat with her. Um, essentially just like, well, I guess we found out where um, your Ophelia ran off to. Um, so sorry, I'll, uh, I can let you get back with, with your students. Hopefully they'll be a little bit more on the ball there. Um, I'm going to run upstairs for just a second, uh, but if you ever need anything, just like feel free to shout. Uh, it's, you know, we're all here to help right now. Gotcha. Yeah, I'll, uh, trust me. If we need anything, you'll you'll hear me not scream, but you'll hear me hollering. Okay, great. And sort of out of breath, I'm going to quick step up the um, up to what was his name? Mr. Moore's office, mm -hmm. and presumably he is still clutching the desk and staring off into space. So oh, yes. I, I do the the very polite. I walk in and then say knock knock. Um, uh, yeah, uh, hello there. Hi, hi there, Mr. Moore. Um, just doing some more contact tracing steps. Um, do you happen to know uh, just records or other gossip around the uh, around the shelter? A couple of folks that may be named Gracie or someone that may go by just the name D. If any of them spend time around here. D. Uh, Give me a luck roll to see if he does actually know who this is, because there's there's reasons why he may not initially know who this is. Sure. That is a 69, which is a, a... fail. <laughs> not nice. fa Failing in style. I mean, there we go. Right. Um, no, he. you can see he definitely, th he thinks he's not hiding anything. He thinks, I, I don't know any Gracie. That's I'm. That's not. It's not. An, it's not an uncommon name, but I can't think of any Gracie that comes here at all. And I can think of a hundred D's that could that turn up here. So I'm, I'm afraid it's a bit too. The net's a bit too wide to cast on that one. I'm afraid. Sure, sure. I understand. It's. Uh, I think someone may be using your uh, 
toilet stall doors as a kind of bulletin board system. And we just want to make sure that everybody is accounted for in here. Uh, they seem like they're they're really looking for their friend. So um, the I know the, the rest of the graffiti we have to repaint over in there. It's that I, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll. I'll tell you what, I'll try and go downstairs and just ask some of the folks uh, that have been through processing. God, I need to think of a better word than that. Um, I'll, I'll ask them and see if we can help. But um, yeah, just everything's fine. Looks like it's just going to be sort of a simple stomach bug, tapeworm issue, but we're not going to use the W word around here. Yes, so yeah, uh, yes, we should yes, be yes, out yes. of your hair just in a few hours. Yeah. You, you know, when he says out of your hair, he starts immediately, his hands go to his hair as if he's trying to look around. Is this something crawl? Is something crawling in there? And yeah, he seems to be checking himself over now. And it's about that time that as you come out, that uh, Dr. Gat and Dr. Porter come out of the uh, the room with an eye to see the basement and you, you meet up in the corridor. Oh, I grabbed a fire extinguisher just because maybe that'll help. What's wrong with you guys? You're not going to believe what we found uh sure tapeworms crawled out and uh just looking for a warm place to snuggle up looking well, for a warm a, place a, a four foot long extremely powerful chawed eel worm thing ripped through the metal uh the metal vent and bore its way through the brickwork and into the basement. I I'm looking. Should... I'm looking, looking at Dr. Faint? Porter for confirmation. No, I'm looking at Dr. Porter for confirmation. Be like, is he fucking with me? Like, no, he's not. It, if he's not if Daniels, the, if it not. were Logan saying that, I I would like uh, catch on. But are you serious? It's what, serious. What it's, are you talking it's, about? It's nothing we've ever heard of before. I would. I. It's downstairs. We need to investigate, and I would like to find out where the thermostat for the building is, because if it's liking the the warmth, then we might want to make things cold. The homeless people here are bundled up anyways, right? I would think it'd be colder in the basement than it would be up here, because heat. Oh, so you think it likes the cold instead of the heat? It depends on a lot of a lot of buildings around here have like boilers. Um, that's where like our apartment has a boiler room. Okay, we want to make things cold. That means there's probably moisture down there too. If there's anything like our yeah. old basement, yeah. Porter, Porter, make sure I no one uses the toilet. Yeah, okay, the yeah. The, the toilets have to be put off limits, according to Dr. Lake. Are you on a bug hunt? I think we yes. need to close down the facility. Why don't you call yeah. the goddamn animal control? No. <laughs> no. No No. one goes down into the basement. No one goes uses any water supplies within the well we're going down to the basement i got a i got an axe well yes you, you guys can i just mean no yeah. no one else in the building goes down and no one uses the water or goes to the toilet so you're probably going to have to evacuate the building yeah well yeah. they had plenty of water bottles in here like dr lake you know we're trying not to make a scene out of all of this like that's why they sent us here to get it wrapped up if we just say evacuate the building that's going to be on the news tonight. Okay. Keep everyone in one place. They had plenty of water bottles in there, and everyone is kind of cycling around towards the main room. Um, we can we can see about getting maybe some porta johns rented and just say that, you know, the plumbing shot, there's a burst pipe. But um, 
you know, that's we we kind of got. I don't want to lose my job over this, man. But you got job security. What do you think will happen though? What do you think will happen though if this becomes uh, gets out the the act not the not the word but the the virus or whatever the hell is causing this? And they say, mm. why didn't you do something? Yeah, like, why didn't we let hundreds of people go that could be potentially contaminated vectors? Like, we can't just... I think, I think what, you need to make sure everyone in the building is in the main hall. You get portaloos brought in, no one has access to the actual toilets, and everyone drinks bottled water. We can, we can request that, I'm sure. That'll last a couple of hours until the people explode from not using the bathroom. Well, hopefully you'll find whatever goddamn Hulkasaurus well, worm that you're just talking about now. Okay, I think we need to we need to visualize this, guys. Okay, we're in an we're in a, an island of heat right now. This this is a bundle of warmth. Outside, we're surrounded by an ocean of cold. If we're understanding this creature correctly, it likes heat, but people are rafts. And I think we know that somebody left. People are rats. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Yes. Okay. So we got to keep the thing on the island. Maybe we'll make certain parts of the building colder where the people are, so it does they don't feel inclined to go there. So they're in a safer subtropical zone, whatever you want to call it. And then we got to this Orphelia person. We got to find out where she's gone because she could be carrying the stuff. Right. She's hurt. She's hurt. Um, yeah. And That's Dr. Lake gave us a clue as to where to look for where the other two are. Yeah, as I said... We, you well, know, the longer uh, she's out, the, the more of a problem this is. Exactly. So we got to get an APB on her. Can we do APB that? APB on her. There, don't you think APB that's a bit excessive? Her. They just got no, here we this have, morning. We have to get it an APB on her. We have Daniels. two. We Daniels. Have at least, we have at least three no. other fucking no, dead no, no, or no, missing no. homeless people around here, and you're worried about a goddamn undergrad who fucking yes. skipped out on her volunteer gig. Are she you is, she, was, she is a raft. And she was in the bathroom as well, going by you your... You can make that call. I'm going to try to get things settled here. I don't know um, what I'm the gonna, fuck has gotten I'm gonna into all of you. You I'm are overreacting ask... like crazy I, right now. You've okay. never been in Daniels, this kind of situation. Daniels, Daniels, okay, we're not overreacting. I'm going to generally lead Daniels to the room. I'm going to open the door. Look. I'm going to roll pal. Blood everywhere. <laughs> I faint. Okay, I catch you because <laughs> I was expecting that. Oh, boy. Holy shit, Daniels. As I'm doing my thing, this is why. This is why we don't bring. Ugh. It's okay. He had to see it. God damn it. He called us in. We slap, didn't have slap, any choice. Slap, I know, I know, slap. I know. You know, dead bodies um, are so much more peaceful also, to be around. Um, someone needs to figure out locations of uh, old, the old buildings. Mm -hmm. So we get need a map. Touch of record, uh, yep. record building yep. records. Find old buildings connected. Yep. As I'm doing my little, I'm yep. kind of more touch. Detroit, Detroit, there's going to be a lot of old buildings, a lot of old brick buildings. But I'm over 100 years old. The basements have drains. In but case we've got, a, but we have also got a time time frame that we can, they're over yep. a certain age, which would also decrease yep. the amount of old buildings um, and also old buildings either on or directly next to construction sites. There are a couple of there are a couple of things that you can definitely work from there because being locals, you have at least an, a knowledge of the downtown area. Uh, one, it was mentioned in your briefing that the police are already actively looking for Ophelia, so the APB okay. is already out there for her. Oh, okay. 
Good. Okay. Um, to piece together what uh, Dr. Lake is saying about the potential area, old buildings, building sites as well. Give me an edu roll. So this is going to be off your knowledge. Is that yes. all of us? I failed by two. So if everyone else fails, I can spend luck. 97. <laughs> I got a, a normal success. Although if it's Delta Green, it'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> spectacular rolls going around tonight. This is what I like to see. Like I said, you're gonna need you're gonna need that luck. <laughs> yeah, it's too high. So any advance on a regular success? cost way too much uh is there anyone we can call in the records department Wait, that might know oh sure well re regular successes will at least give you an idea of one area that would fit okay now what were we is, rolling on education, um, yeah, education. education. So oh. it's, it's a it's a no roll so it runs off your edu all right then i i did pass oh okay okay Regular. all right uh i think i have a map for this so i can give you a we're all educated people here you know yeah <laughs> dr pepper <laughs> yes we're doctors pepper he's a cola doctor <laughs> if this was e coli then uh, no exactly hopefully this will give daniel's um uh reality check into the actual hey. work we do here Daniels yeah. has been given very pleasant narratives this whole time. I know, and it was I was a mistake on my part. I'm going to apologize. To, I'm going to apologize to you when you wake up. I'm going to put you in a chair first so you understand you're comfortable. God damn it! Porter, this is why we joke with him because it builds character. Yeah, I'm, I have to rethink that. <laughs> it worked. Here we go. Here's a map of the immediate area of the parts of the downtown district. Right, the NSO center is pinned in the middle of the map. Mm -hmm. So yeah. just over, this would be between, depending on which part you're looking at, maybe three quarters of a mile to a mile away. Over to the east, there is a district called Brush Park, which is near the, the intersection of um, Highway 75. So this was once an affluent area. It's a, a historic area that went into decline in the 1960s. It had a series of many grand townhouses that were abandoned and fell into disrepair. Uh, several attempts were made to revive the area. The most successful began in the 90s and actually continues to this day. Large areas where homes and parks once stood are now building sites. Um, large areas are just completely abandoned. They're rubble strewn all over the place. But there are a number of historic buildings that are there and remain empty. Some of them have been marked for demolition. Others are attempting to be preserved. But that seems to be the prime candidate of where um, putting together the uh, the material that Dr. Lake has found and that it was said it was within walking distance. That's your uh, your number one candidate for where and these two, these group of homeless would have been based. All right. Well, I say after we're done here, uh, we can go hit that place up. People who are in the uh, center should probably stay there since it's quarantine, maybe. Well, well sounds good to me. Let me finish up my uh, examination and then. Do Dr. Lake, have you 
determined any particular vulnerabilities these creatures have? I don't know how long it's been because it said it would take. I would take a couple of hours. Oh, so can you on. also try dewormer on them? Oh yeah, vermectin. If it just like kills them, because yeah, if it does, be that's great. That's gonna be part of the experience. That's, a, that's part of my uh, process. Right, right. Do not question my process. The dewormer usually the animal has to ingest it and it gets in their blood. And that's how the animal gets poisoned. But salt, salt on a worm or, a, a, you know, an, an insect or what is it, a oh, slug? Or a, it's it's going to, it's very bad. It's Kill living it. in the intestinal tract to begin with, though, right? I mean, yeah. Dr. Lake's trying it all out. Don't, oh, okay. don't worry. Yeah. I'm doing all the all experiments. Right. Um, And then we'll head on. We should probably send a... Con- a containment unit to uh, uh, it'll just spark up. What uh, what what could we use to catch a contaminated animal that might be dangerous? What would we have access to? There's something well, you, you do have animal control outside. As mentioned, there were dog units that were going around in increasingly larger circles looking for some animal outside. So if you wanted to take a wander outside to one of the vans, you can have one of those uh, sticks with a loop around the end that you could uh, tie sure. uh, tie tight to grab dogs with. What are, what kind of dogs are they? Uh, bloodhounds, or if we the gave, Alsatians. if if we wiped some of that residue onto a cloth and gave it the dogs to sniff, that might give them a lead on what to be smelling for. Don't they do that with you know people's socks and? Yeah, well, we need to talk to the handlers so that they just point and they don't engage the creature. We don't want them yeah. just to get attacked. But shall we go down to the basement and and see if we can? Yeah, but if we can use monster. it, sure, if we can use it, <laughs> use a dog to help us locate it without getting it hurt, I think would be ideal. Can we yeah, talk to that, one of the handlers? Yeah, that they'd be, and this is where your CDC kind of training about vectors would come in as well. Taking a dog down into the basement, probably not a great idea, unless okay. you confirm that it's a clear area, that there's no chance of them getting infected down there. Right. Okay. Um, the first problem you've got that you encounter, which is very quickly overcome, is that when you go to, over to the door to the basement, you find it's locked. So no one has been down there. Well, That's good. Anyway. So um, by going back to Moore's office and saying, hey, we need to get down there, he will be able to give you the key, and he confirms that key has been on his possession all night. So you are the first people to go down there. Okay. The other thing is, does he know where the thermostats are? Obviously, Yeah, should. the thermostat's actually in the main corridor. So if you, okay. want, um, if you want to turn up, there is also as... Uh, as uh, Trevor indicated, yes, there is indeed a boiler down in the basement, so that's where the heating uh, the heating comes from. It can yeah. be controlled from downstairs and also in uh, by the thermostat, which is right next to the basement door as well, that controls the heating for the whole building. But if it, now, if it likes that temperature, maybe we don't want to drive it to some other location. That's what I was thinking. If we lower the temperature of everywhere but there so it doesn't feel inclined to leave, then we'll at least have it in one spot. Yeah, and, and people so, are going to have to put their coats on, but, but just, just yeah, I'm sure we can come with a reason for it. What the fuck is that? But people are warm. If you, if yes, you turn down the temps, is. all the people are going to huddle up together, and it's going to be a big fucking buffet. Yeah, what but, the fuck is that? Well, as far as we know, the thing doesn't climb up walls. You just it said needs, it burrowed through brick. Well, it burrowed down. Yeah. <laughs> if it, but if it wants to stay near the the furnace, we just want to make every place less attractive than the furnace for now. Things usually need legs of some sort or some manner, 
some ability to climb. Uh, looking uh, at the tracks, do we think there's two of these worms? Like, there are we definitely two. Two four for long worms. Okay. And just Close. to point out over the comps, uh, by lowering the temperature in the um, in the main, it might draw out some other reactions from anyone, even if they're not showing. That's true. Obvious so, symptoms. Daniels, if you don't want to go down, if you just want to keep an eye on people acting different once we get the room colder, that might be a good idea. Are you, you okay with that? That sounds like a great idea. Okay. Did you confirm exactly. that both worms went down down to the basement? Yeah, one, okay. one well, burrowed down, and then the other one went down the same Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and keep track of the water consumption and the food consumption, because if yeah, someone's drinking... I think more than normal that's a oh, telltale sign dr pepper determined that there is changes to the skin of the uh the shit was the forearms dr pepper it gets uh, yeah they'll 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 get thirsty before they exhibit any other uh okay other symptoms because um it'll all the other symptoms are caused by dehydration and malnutrition etc except for but the there's immune. unusual forearm development or something so or skin change we, yeah, jaundice. Have... There's going to be a yellowing of the eye area, the white part of the eyes. Um, that can be from other causes, but just be safe. And there also might be some um, uh, internal bleeding or bruising. Uh, you're going to see, uh, I mean, pretty evident signs if it's going into effect. But I would say, for the less evident, just look look at the eyes, the white part of the eyes, and then. Uh, Maybe give him a throat examination if you are brave enough. Well, hopefully the gestation period is. is it looks like it's a couple again. weeks, at least a few weeks. Just, if yeah, if it's if it's a slow gestation period, then we might not see any signs at all. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, for days it's and days and days. It's more if anyone's coming to contact outside, because obviously we get people coming in and out. Yep. Um, Check for anyone with. It sounds stupid, but check anyone with stomach pains and stuff like that. Yeah, I know yeah. everyone gets stomach pains, but especially when the they're only, stressed. The only what, real way what, to know is fecal sample. What What is in place if 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 homeless people are living in you know various places around here, and they start dying? How soon are we going to hear about it? Do police find them? Do other people find them? Or do they just sit there and rot and produce giant worms? And well, in the winter, they could be there for quite a while. Well, my worry with the location knowing of uh, brush, the brush area um, is if the other two people with uh, are deceased are there and they're also deceased, I would rather quarantine it, but we'd need a good reason to do it without alarming anyone. And it's a, I'm not, quite a large I'm, area. I, I, I'm, not, I'm sure. I think worrying about alarming people is the last thing that we should think of. Yeah, I we've agree. got to save these people. Mm -hmm. And then we just straight up get a quarantine team over there. Well, the CDC area, said if we need area. any help, call them. Get police to roadblock the the road and get a containment field no, around. We all do the have building. to find out that's what's actually happening first. Yeah. This is some sort of Russian bioweapon being unleashed on our homeless I mean, population. It, it definitely could be. I, I think it's that we need to pull natural. out all the stops. Why don't, we, why don't we put together a small team to go systematically through a lot of these buildings and see if we find 
any dead bodies. Oh, that's true. We're going we to could, find dead bodies. We could <laughs> get a going to find dead but, bodies. But if we find we, dead bodies that are three months dead with the same symptoms, mm. this is an epidemic. Oh, that's worrying. We could I we could send a small CDC containment team before me, Tassev, and Pepper can go over there because we'll go over once I've finished my examination. If we can send uh, another small team just to go and check the buildings in that e- area, e- even the big buildings, I think that that the team could go through a building in what half an hour. You just got to look and see if there's dead bodies. The smell would give it away. That's probably true. We just get a team. We just get a team over there, and obviously, if they see anything, they can quarantine it. Me, Tassa, and Pepper will go over after I've finished my examinations. All right, let's go. Think, thinking off, uh, riffing off something that Doctor Lake said a a little while ago. As uh, let's say Doctor Porter has been given the key by uh, by Mister Moore to open up Mm -hmm. the basement. Just as you open up the door and uh, swing or unlock it and swing open the door. Dr. Lake gave that wonderful piece of advice that no one should use the toilet. Mm-hmm. However, in a non-fictional world, I think it's about time to probably break that piece of advice and go for a bio break. If you <laughs> <laughs> Good segue. Yes, bio break. excellent. So after that brief interlude of potentially real-world horror, back to the staircase leading down into the basement so hopefully no one got attacked in a uh, Stephen King like fashion of something coming up from uh, from the toilet you open the door and there is indeed a staircase it's not rickety it's not uh, like it's been eaten through it's not going to collapse on you as you head down there but it's a nice firm metal staircase that goes down uh, there is indeed the typical pull string light that illuminates the basement. You can hear there is the uh, the boiler down there. The furnace is uh, currently operable. So there is a low-level hum which fills the basement. But also there is the sound of dripping or splashing down there. Oh. Yeah, the water. Yep. And... Whoever is brave enough to descend the stairs first gets a good. I've view got the, of the axe, you know, so I'll go down thing. first. Okay, I'll carry the. I'll have the fire extinguisher and a light behind. I'm holding behind him if we need it. Gotcha. So yeah, you've got the. Uh, you've got ranged, and you've got up close and personal because an axe will definitely. Uh, axe will defeat a worm. <laughs> so you head down the, down the staircase and get to the concrete floor, and find there is, or there are rather, a few puddles of water. That are littered around the floor where some minor pipe work has broken and it's almost like you're looking at the equivalent of standing within a block of swiss cheese that there are bits of the floor there are bits of the walls there are bits of even of the ceiling that have just been gobbled up so there are tracks that go all the way around the room as this these two separate tracks have been eating everything in their wake concrete wood metal cardboard plastic there is just these threads that are eaten through the entire room and that culminate on a metal hatch in one corner of the room with one word on it sewer (sighs) and and is the sewer open then the hatch has been uh almost pushed not pushed aside but has been flipped over 
and you can see this is where both of these trails congregate and then head down straight down to the open manhole cover that goes directly into the sewer network beneath you. More concerningly, these burrows, when you kind of follow, your eye follows where they come through, initially come down from the wall and then out of the wall, corresponds to the above air vent. The whole the, those width those uh, munching, let's say munching mm -hmm. track marks, they start off at four inches wide. By the time they get to the uh, by the time they get to the sewer uh, sewer hole, they are six inches wide. Okay. Is this the storm sewer or the waste sewer? Uh, the latter, the waste sewer. Wait, sorry. Is it big enough for people or kind of like a small thing that only it's more, an, it's more of an inspection hatch. You could go outside to the police to get a camera to lower down there, but climbing down there, that's going to be probably yeah. a bit more difficult for anyone that's above size 40. Yeah. It's not a it's not a drainage, which is usually much bigger. Um well okay, I, I mean there's one possible good thing, and that's that the sewers are going to be freaking cold yeah i'm wondering why they went to the source given how cold they are they could go dormant for lucky we should try a camera die. yeah we should try a camera just in case to see if they're down there dead or asleep where does the sewer go does it go to a sewage treatment plant eventually yes um there are lots if you let's say this this could be something you pull up on your phone or do a, uh, do an information request the sewer networks are almost run, they run parallel for a lot of downtown Detroit. Um, they do connect to a treatment plant that's further to the southeast and the southwest from where you are. But a lot of the the, the larger outlets run straight into the river. Oh, even the even the that the sewage water? Just wastewater that runs off. There are there are direct ports where they flow straight out into the river. Now the river's frozen right now because of the time of year, though, right? I would say it's probably yeah. there's a very good chance of it of being frozen. It's, it's flowing underneath, though. It's just oh, the surface that's right. frozen. So how do they deal with cold water, though? I Let's know, get the camera get just to see if we can get a sense of what direction they went and if they went away from the uh, the river. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, um, not going to play through the whole thing you can get that camera and put it down there mm -hmm. there is evident sign that they have gone through the effluent and eaten their way through the sludge and the shit that's piled up in the, ba uh, the base of the pipes it looks like they're running parallel to the river they're not going towards the river it's it's biomass and if they're if they're putting on oh, holy crap they're attracted to organic inorga or organic waste material, and that's what they're eating, yes. And which are they traveling east or west from us? Then? Uh from where you are, they're traveling west. How can we tell what the diameter of the pipe is that they're in? Uh, the pipe that they start off with uh, that's down beneath you is about two feet across. And they're six inches wide. So you could fit a couple, probably three or four right. of them that are pushed down then. Okay. They're traveling they just west. Don't eat pipes. They're eating as they go, probably clearing out giant masses of crap Actually, that have been piled up for the longest Actually, time. Actually, are, are they traveling uphill? I mean, are they traveling upstream or downstream? They would they're... be traveling away from the Great Lake. So away from Lake, away from Lake St. Clair. Okay, well, yeah, I'm still if if the if the affluence is going in this direction, 
are they going in that direction or are they going the other way they're going with the flow so towards the okay water, um, if you planted it on the map they are going towards the water treatment plant okay yeah if they were going the other way then they would be coming up in people's toilets eventually and they still could do that but yeah but the water treatment plant has probably got a lot of tasty stuff so we should anticipate them going there it also will have point. some stuff that will kill bacteria and stuff. So, you know, but still, what if they get into the ocean and they just start eating everything that they come across? Well, they're going I'm, to get, they've gone 50% up in size, right? They're just going to keep getting bigger as they go. We assume so. If, they had, if they've reached an adult size, then maybe they'll that's stop. But That's also 50% increase in size in the time that they were down here the right the this the the sewage sewer people have like drones and robots they can send through things we could go to the end where the, uh, the we, where we think is the end point send some drones or robots down and see if we can spot this thing and figure out what tunnel it's coming down well there are plenty of inspection hatches all over the major intersections of the city you could have teams from, uh, from oh, okay the Basically, the sewage, uh, the sewage treatment plants, or even uh, city ordnance that could be dispatched to these key yeah. intersections to inspect what's down there. That that you could easily call in uh, the CDC to ask the local authorities to do that. Okay, we should do that immediately so we can get a sense of where its current location is, if nothing else. Right, they they will. In which case, they um, you can put out that call, and uh, your superiors will start uh, making wheels turn. Yep, no hesitation. We have to do it. Uh, I'm actually just as glad we didn't run into them immediately, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, Porter or Gat? Porter or Gat, because you two are probably better suited. One of you needs to uh, ring, in, uh, ring in to do a check-in with, uh, with our boss. How is she going to react to today? this? I don't know. Because uh, I, I make the rock, paper, scissors uh, motion with Gat. You ready? Why are you afraid of talking to her? <laughs> <laughs> ah, shit, I'm talking to her. Okay. Actually, in all of this, I'm really thinking Daniels is going into crisis management mode and is working with Dr. Harrison, like saying, we need to order porta johns, get more bottles of water, just shutting things down, but keeping people contained in here and ordering a quarantine site for the residential area that dr lake mentioned earlier and then like in the middle of conversation i'm be going what the fuck do you mean they're going in the sewers <laughs> okay so they're no longer on the premises so now this is technically a safe space as long as no one else here is sick so well we still need to weed that part out yes Sorry, i know but we don't second. we don't need to do any kind of immediate evacuation though no I, Keep this place, keep your place quarantined for now. Yeah. Now, if this is uh, a super big deal, do you think we could have the governor call in the National Guard? That would be a lot of notice. Well, that would be a yeah, lot of notice. Let's I understand see, let's... that, but if it's as important as you're saying it is, I, I think we keep it to contamination teams for now. We have enough power to do that. If it gets too out of hand, that is when we call. I, okay. I don't want to. I don't want to be the contrarian here, but it seems to me that we have a fairly non-dangerous threat on our hands. I mean, obviously, this is lethal to human people if they get infected with it, but it seems like it has a rather low rate of spread. And especially if these things are 
that large, it would be hard for me to picture what they would do with that size to a human. They couldn't invade one. No, but they well, could they attack through concrete. One. So yeah, if well, you've seen the, look at the pictures. If they are, if they keep growing, especially if they're going to uh, keeping to heat and weight waste, and they keep growing, they could potentially become big enough to be a, an even bigger threat. Where they don't also need to. And... Sorry. Uh, go go ahead, Pepper. Also means they're easier to locate. I mean, if they're that large, they're going to start causing blockages. Yes, but causing... uh, but they could also spread because I assume they uh, they would be able to uh, create spawn into people. Like so, eggs. That's true. Yes. Well, um, that's true. Our that's main factor is our main factor is just going to be keeping them from getting to the water treatment plant. Then there is plenty of chemicals and sanitization that goes in there. That's why we're not like shitting worms all the time. Sorry. That's why and... we're not shitting worms all the time, but it's honestly, if they're still progressing at this rate, we know the direction that they're going. We need to head them yes. off. If they're yep. attracted to body mass, just get some folks in the sewers with well, fucking AR 15s or dump a shitload of bleach uh, to poison them. It doesn't matter. Oh Jump God, rat poison not, in uh, there. They're not recycling that water. Are they? Well, yeah. Yeah, treatment plants. Where do you think your gray water comes from? Oh, wait from. a minute. Wait a minute. No. Could we, could we ask, <laughs> ask for some kind of, um, you know how like sometimes when the storm, uh, sorry, the storm drains are overflowing, they have to dump it into the sewage? Could we ask for some kind of overflow of cold water to be a dump through the sewage drains? That might take it's them out. It's all cold. There's no heating down there. Yeah, why not uh, just dump like? But out of game, wouldn't I, that just cause them to burrow out of the sewage pipes and then just go somewhere that we can't control? Like they're not. Well, the cold doesn't kill them. They, they might, just don't like it. They might get some kind of shock reaction. Well, wait, let's find out where they are, and then we'll try to determine there's, what to do after that. There's also no reason at this point to believe that they just keep getting bigger and bigger. As far as I know, there's not an animal on the planet that gets bigger and bigger. No. Unless, oh, well, you know, it reaches an adult size and then it stops growing. Dr. Gat, this is not the time for me to talk to you about the square cube law, but yes, no, it's there can be and no upper limit for things in the bottom of the ocean that these things can hypothetically grow until they can't and then they will die. Yeah. But um, that's going to, um, we don't know what that limit is for them. I agree. But Gat, Porter, and Daniels, I guess you try and deal with the treatment plan however you deem necessary. Me, Tasso, and Pepper will go to the uh, find the other. Uh, we we can safely assume probably bodies that we are going to find. Uh, hopefully, what Daniels did you say that you called a team to go and uh, check those buildings for us? I talked with Dr. Harrison and asked for a quarantine team for that area, as it seems like that was a likely site for contamination for those two gentlemen. We still have two of their immediate contacts we are not familiar with, and I have reason to believe that there's at least one more that might be infected. Exactly, and hopefully Tass, the police will find her. Tass, if you're a true crime fanatic, do you have a, a CCW? <laughs> CCW. No. I don't believe in firearms myself, but I did not have uh, a concealed if it carry as, permit. If it if it gets as big as people as you guys are imagining, it might get. We need a bazooka. Well, uh, it's I, the I the I'm, the, I don't the tapeworm that ate Cincinnati or the a tapeworm that ate Detroit. 
Well, you're saying I, that I, it got it was four feet long whenever it emerged, and now it's already gone fifty percent larger in yep. diameter. Yep. These things don't have to get that big to, pardon my French, really fuck things up. They can mm. get as big as a Rottweiler, and if they can burrow through brick already, this is insane. Metal. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, Doctor Lake, have you? Can you find anything that they don't like? I I am still in the process unless it oh. took the two hours has come to. This this is all I say. We can have a nice uh, coincidental uh, timing here. That if people are happy with the examination of the NSO Center, uh, even talking with a couple of other members of the uh, popular, the populace there, the homeless, etc., that you can have made it that time will coincide with Doctor Lake finishing his examination. If you are happy with that, yeah, sure. Right. So the list of things that you uh, that you discover about these things. First, they dislike but are not damaged by bright lights. So while you have uh, your bright light shining down on them through the uh, through the microscope, yeah, they don't like bright light. They're not that I say not hurt by it, but definitely they try to move away from the light source. One that you've already ascertained, they are attracted to warmth but not repelled by cold. They're also attracted to organic matter, which they then consume. If more than one of them, which in this case there is, uh, if more than one of them is left in a dish without other organic organic matter, which they consume the the little parts of excrement from the uh, from the uh, the anal cavity that you uh, just happen to get in with the tweezers, with them. Once they've consumed that, they are cannibalistic. They consume each other. So without anything else to consume, the babies, the little small uh, grains of rice size, they can't burrow through plastic yet, but they can burrow through each other. And one does turn on the other and does try to consume it. Uh, they can survive complete immersion in water, but they, they actually seem to prefer that environment. So they do like to be completely submerged. Uh, they have thick hides, even for their sides, which makes dissection difficult, but not impossible. Uh, likewise, you can uh, potentially squash it if you've got something solid that you can crash it against other uh, two fairly solid uh, substances while it's small. You imagine if that thick hide extrapolates as the size gets larger, that tactic isn't going to work unless you've got a hydraulic press or a truck that you could try and uh, squash it with. When you cut one into two parts, they just die. They don't become separate beings or regenerate, so you don't have to worry about it being something like a hydra that's suddenly I cut one in half and then I've got two to deal with. Uh, their internal structure is unlike anything on Earth that you that you can even compare this to. The fact their digestive system is incredibly efficient. They nearly everything eaten facilitates growth that whatever they consume will make them grow. Uh, their excretions display, and this is what ties in with uh, what Dr. Pepper was uh, looking at, their excretions display possible, well, not possible, definite mutagenic properties, facilitating the transformation of their hosts into something else other than what they were. Uh, they're vulnerable to certain poisons, uh, specific, uh, especially carbomatic insecticides, uh, carbamite insecticides. So there's a number of things that you can potentially consider laying down in um, in the sewers that could have a decent effect on them. 
it will kill other wildlife, but potentially a small price uh, price to pay. And potentially the uh, the worst one to leave till last, they reproduce by parthenogenesis. They do not need another. Oh. They don't need another mate. They will self replicate. Well, I'm going to do a sanity roll just from everything that I've seen. I've I've seen, seen some perfectly reasonable. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff in my time. Um, that is actually a success, but okay. I, I will I will still take one if that's okay. Because yeah, no, I think one is perfectly reasonable because um, how this manifests is maybe what uh, what Trevor was saying about like deep sea giganticism. That yeah, if these things just continue to eat and continue to grow, you yeah, have that, that... no. Yeah, you have no idea how big these things could become. They could become yeah. huge. Yeah, you and I, re- I relay that to you because I, I hypothesize along with Daniel, isn't it? Well, I, I sort of agreed. I agreed with him about the growth anyway. But I say we're looking at like creature. If we look at thousands of years ago, big sea creatures that we know, they could grow. They could potentially grow this big going by how they're systems work now how the hell did they get into homeless people uh, and are place? we gonna are we gonna believe that they're it's a terrorist attack or are they that's, aliens from another planet what the hell are we here. talking about about no aliens could, or terrorists? the russians attacks? couldn't engineer this there's no way they could they're not it, it's not or it's not a human a, life it's not a life form from this planet all right our yeah. job is to deal with it right now yeah Maybe. i you can keep worrying about that, but we got to nip this in the bud right now. We this do. is bad. Um, okay, like you, 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 you said that they they don't like light, right? That they tend to shy away from it. Um, yeah. We need um, Mr. Moore. Can you uh, open? Can you unlock your computer for us, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. He, he okay, great. Now get out, please, and thank you. <laughs> CDC business. Bye. Bye. <laughs> he probably oh, leaves. Slam the door. <laughs> Um, so I want to try to pull up the sewer maps of just the city of Detroit, and assuming yeah. that I can just get that on like a public database or something. I and... got a handout for it when I ran this in person that through Google, there are indeed the city sewer plans are available online. Nice, nice. public domain for the win. Um, can maybe so... herd them with spotlights at the entrances yeah. of these sewers. Exactly what I was thinking, Logan. Yeah. So if we know the direction that they're going in the sewers, they're going to be munching on fatbergs the whole way there. Get ahead of them, drop spotlights in to try to herd them away. Back behind where they know that they've been, drop some bait in there. There's a Euro shop just around the corner here. Fucking commandeer one of their big spit roast things and then dump lake. You find whatever that carb of whatever pesticide dump some fucking terminex roundup i don't care on it and leave it in the water behind them give them something warm to go back to if we can turn them around with the lights or if someone wants to draw a short straw and walk it up to them and chunk it in the middle you know the epa is not going to be happy about this trevor do you know how much we roundup start... gets put into the city water anyways like who fucking cares tell people yeah, but to we're, stop we're having talking bonds. about destroying this entire is... species that live in this eco- uh, ecosystem well, this that's is why we need to update. It. Is that really your call to update our boss? They're going to get eaten anyways. Call the we, we, we have to get <laughs> higher authorization if we are going to do. Listen, does those it... EPAs don't know their ass. With the... I can't even. Yes, but I... Daniel's. It doesn't matter if as we have to get higher authorization. We can't do it without higher authorization. 
Now, those, I'm going to call Dr. You, Harrison in here and just say, <laughs> yeah. Now, th those of you, uh, this could this is covered by quite a few different areas. You've got potentially medicine, biology, chemistry, uh, even pharmacology come in here. So between you, you all would be able to reach this kind of conclusion that one of the best deployment methods would not be in the water supply itself, would, but be would be within the large piles of organic waste material in the sewers that they mm. are that they are eating. Uh, particularly uh, as a carbamate insecticide is the best thing to use, um, you'd be looking at something like bendiocarb would be the prime uh, prime weapon of choice here. That it's something you could dump into the sewers, into those waste piles in the sewers. And there'd be relatively few other wildlife, maybe apart from vermin, potentially, that would go down there and start to eat, literally eat around in the shit. That there'd be relatively little chance of cross contamination or other um, animals being affected by this and being kind of killed as collateral damage. So that that's definitely a a plan that can be consensually formed between the various different specialties that you have. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, particularly as you uh, you wanted to go out and have a word with uh, Dr. Harrison. Uh, she comes in just as she's got tapping her earpiece as she's having word come back from the various different uh, teams going out to look at the different sewer uh, entrances. Uh, mm -hmm. She's looking a little pale as she reports uh, back to you that, yeah, I've just had word from the uh, from the city ordinance teams. The furthest report we've got going out where they've opened manhole covers and found stuff squirming down there is a mile away. They're, these things are all over the fucking sewer system, all over it. They're not. They're, some of them are like small, granular sized. Others have been reported to like up to a foot long. Some of them two feet long. But th these things are all over the place. I'm gonna roll sanity. Yep, you can. <laughs> That's a pass, but I probably vomit into a bucket <laughs> say, or into the office trash can. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, there's nothing writhing around in your in your puke. Um, oh but yeah, the that. fact, that, yeah, but yeah, the fact that there is such a widespread contamination means that these things must have been here for a while. Oh, so this isn't just the recent; these two. No. This is predating this. This is it's just, what I was afraid of. Okay, so we can't just easily poison one selection of this tunnel to get the two guys that are out there. You are the looking at a white. You're looking at a widespread poisoning of the entire sewer sewer network to get these things. Tank trucks full of uh, carbamatic acid, or or how many water treatment plants do we have for the area? If everything's going to get funneled to the one plant, can we use it like a roach motel? There is the one major treatment plant. On this part of the uh, this part of the kind of the river, I was going to say river coastline, uh, the riverside, before you get into Lake Saint Clair, uh, there are other treatment plants which are much further afield. But in the area that you're looking at that is contaminated, there is really only the one plant. Um, Dr. Harrison, I don't know what kind of authorization we do or don't have, but um, there there may need to be an accident at that water treatment plant if we are going to contain this spread before it gets into the water. Uh, Dr. Lake mentioned that these things tend to thrive in aquatic environments, and if they manage to get to Lake St. Clair, 
I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not a biologist. I just know this is bad. I think water treatment plants usually have a screen to keep large objects mm -hmm. from entering the plant. Well, they have a lot of space through it. Can... They have a lot of separate pools, like a whole bunch. But it might a... be a, a, at least a temporary containment that we can take advantage of to kill yeah. whatever it is. If we take samples of, Saint, of Lake St. Clair and find the small ones, the microscopic ones, then it's over already. It's time to move to some other country. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> cold. <laughs> Colder. Are these things vulnerable to nuclear weaponry? Everything is. <laughs> Come on. Not necessarily. Lots of insects I, right? are not affected no, by I nuclear think... contamination. I, I would uh, say no. It's uh, from high, just knowledge and hypothesizing nuclear explosion would not work in this case. Okay. <laughs> Looks like we've we'd been out of all develop, boys. We'd have to develop an extremely powerful toxin that hopefully specifically goes after this biology. We, but we need to know what the biology is. We need to find, we need to get some larger. Well, that's where we have pesticides are our best bet yes. here. Can we have the water treatment plant work with us if we reason with them that, hey, you're liable for this if you don't follow our instructions? It's, it's a national emergency. Yeah. There's there's been enough time passed, so I don't want uh, to people just suddenly jump on a particular statement. But someone did say something that maybe once combined with another piece of information that came out of Dr. Lake's assessment might spark an idea. So everyone can give me idea roles, but I'm going to look for hard success to see if you can put these two pieces of uh, almost disparate information together. 13. Oh, 23. With 21. 28 out of 70. I'm pretty sure I got a 23 hard. is a hard success yeah. for me. Nice. Not my day. So it sounds like uh, Lake and Porter got uh, got this. And well, me. Oh, and, oh, and, and Gat. Sorry, I didn't, didn't, didn't catch Gat. It's something that Trevor said about... Is there any thought potential that this is like a roach motel, or is that the the one mm -hmm. route that all these things are going to be going down to to get uh, to get to the water treatment plant? And yeah, there are a, there are a number of points that run into the treatment plant. It's not a single route. There are, I think, from memory, there's about four different main kind of arterial flows that go down the larger pipes to get to the treatment plant, but they are bottlenecks. These things are also cannibalistic, and you've seen that the, the ones that are reported to be spread out over this large area, if they are, if there are like two worm enter, one worm leave in a particular area, they're going to eat each. They're going to eat each other. So, if we cordon them off, we could maybe reduce them down to one big worm. Is that the plan? Well, they'll, almost. If they run but, out of food. They're going to start eating. Well, there'll be one that survives. One big worm. <laughs> not necessarily yeah, two worms can eat each other at the same time and kill each other but still we're talking about putting rats in a barrel so yeah then let's just put spotlights cold everything that we can to try to head off these few access points fuck it dump as many of the pesticides as we can to like kill some ones up front so they can Whoa. keep cannibalizing each other and block it up the, the thing where i'm the thing where i'm going with this is that the ones you've seen has been not like, six inches wide and the uh, were four foot long and then go up to six foot long 
these two that are in here are much bigger than anything that's been reported around the city so far. What's but uh, where are the big ones? Right. So there should be more big ones that are bigger. Or if there aren't, what's been eating them? What so if, I don't know why I'm thinking. You of mean they have a right predator? <laughs> Well, what if there were more than one of them in the bodies, and the only two that escaped were the ones that were big enough to win the fight with all the others? That's potential. You know yeah, that, that at least there's it evidence out two babies. Um, how I just want to now me, Tassa, and Pepper are available. We we need to head to the residential. B. Well, hasn't it gone beyond that? We know that it's been in more multiple. Yes, but we still need to contain those bodies if there are other bodies. Because the bodies make evidence, them real big. Because then that's evidence. And then if the if the parasites or whatever are still there, we can contain them as well. So if, if they we haven't been the, able to get anywhere. If we find the origin of this thing, maybe we could find some way to stop it. Just focusing on the sewer, su sewer system and the treatment plant is not going to solve yeah, our overall right. issue. Yeah. No, it we seems... got to get... Yeah. get patient zero, whoever that is. It seems okay, to so we'll, well just split we're up. Have one split person up. does the plan yeah. and yeah. the other side does the I'll go research. to the water treatment plant and see what the how bad the infection is. See if it's actually getting past the, the treatment plant. I think it makes sense for my forensic skill that I look into the origin. I agree. I think um, I'll I'll head up to the treatment plant because I want to try to coordinate a way to seal off yeah. those bottlenecks right. and get uh, that done. As I said, we might as well stick in the freeze that we are already yeah. in. Yeah. You free go to the treatment plant, us free go to the sure. uh, old residential. Now, from a perspective of making sure that everyone is getting a slice of the action here, um, if you want to, to coordinate with the treatment plant, that is something that either Dr. Peters or Dr. Harrison could do for you because that can be done remotely. So they mm. can they can take up liaising with the, uh, with the treatment plant and leave you guys free to examine other areas if you want. Okay. All right. Oh, that works. We should, we might have... uh, check in with the police to see if they have had any reports on the missing. Brown brush we... park, you mean? Can we all hypothesize on where this kind of an infection might have came from? You've mentioned uh, 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 an attack, a terrorist attack. It's a possibility, uh, in which case the origin would be what? In the, the homeless areas themselves. Uh, that doesn't or make is any there, sense. Is there is this, a, a yeah. woodland or a... There's uh, no way this uh, is a terrorist attack. Very soon it we could hypothesize. Uh, sorry, Daniels, for interrupting, but with all the construction work going on in the city, because there is a lot that we know, maybe uh but something is maybe something was uncovered and has been That's let true. out because yeah. there's been many because we know a lot of things have crashed down to earth in throughout the years we know well, there's a lot of fossils a lot of old things dr there. lake did you find any way this thing goes dormant does it have a dormant stage where it can be dormant for a long period of time so that's not possible there's no way these things were somehow sleeping and got woken up okay oh yeah 
but I still it could have been underground. And so yeah, although there are the eggs could have gone dormant as well. You know, there, there are stories of miners deep in, in coal mines breaking open rocks and finding frogs that came back to life that must have been there for 10,000 years. It's wow. extremely rare, but if the conditions are perfect, then they go into a kind of frozen stasis. And All, all it would have taken is just one of them to have be down there, because obviously they cannibalize each other, so if it's not getting anything, it's just surviving on whatever grains it can get. And then all it takes is for that one to have been unearthed and passed through to someone or some kind of matter, and then you get the spread. So right. should we should we assume they stay small because normally they're very, very, very deep down? Is that what you're thinking? Or they just don't have well, a th- lot of food. Well, Lake mentioned that he found the, the, the sawdust or something that was from old buildings. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. if someone may have just yeah. had something stored in the basement, even like old specimens, and then they got knocked over, I mean, who fucking knows? But that's not exactly. the point. The point is that like... We are not stopping shit from hitting the fan. The fan is covered in shit and still spraying it everywhere. And we need to try and get this under control now. Yeah. So if you all want to try and find patient zero, find the source of it, awesome. But I I do not want to have I can't right now. And I'm gonna like well, run pro- out of the room. Well, yeah. well, probably right now, me like me I am like me, Pepper, a task of are probably on our way to the residential as we're talking because we're over me. Yeah, if those two are okay with well oh wait no you said that we could coordinate with yeah. um harrison yeah they everything. can just do it <laughs> yeah so i think i'm yeah i'll run out dry heaving for just a bit and then like in my few cogent moments like try and coordinate that and uh i'll go with the rest of the team so are you all converging on brush park from your two different angles looks like it sounds good, in sounds good. Yeah. Or do would it be prudent to try and search up on the Ophelia character? You were uh, you were definitely told a few, few leads about her that obviously she's part of the university. She hadn't been back to her rooms, and you were told which uh, student uh, student halls of residence she was staying at. So there is also an APP out there. for her. Yeah, so and no one has found her yet. I think the, the Trevor, likelihood of us finding her. Well, Trevor, out of a very selfish sense of self-preservation of not getting eaten by giant worms, um, he is going to try and make an excuse to try and go to her dorm with the hope that she has an iPhone and being able to get her laptop to use the Find My iPhone feature or a tablet or anything from her roommates Mm -hmm. and see if I can use that to track her possible location. I would hey, suggest not going by yourself. I'll go. With you. No, no, no. I, I'm very good at choosing low risk occup. Well, I thought I was very good at choosing low risk <laughs> occupations. So, um, just I, I will catch up with you all in a bit. But if if okay. we're talking about leads or rafts, as you called it, then sure, I, I'll admit I was wrong. Sorry, I didn't understand the full gravity of the situation here. And if your lead becomes bigger, some one of one of us can join you. Well, she is over in so the Atchison building, which is on part of the main part of Wayne State University, which is not too far away from the hospital. So you can either, if you want to be uh, arriving style, you can get the helicopter to drop you over there really quick, or you can 
basically say, hey, look, CDC, Mr. Cop Car, drive me over there, be my personal chauffeur. So whether you want to go by air or land, it is your choice. Oh, both of those are really cool. And I'm, I'm very <laughs> tempted to YOLO. I'm going to do CDC helicopter. And they're like, okay, you, you could already get in. I'm like, it's okay. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going to try to get there as quick as I can to get her location and, uh, yeah, get her quarantined. Helicopter is the best bet then. So yeah, Hell you can yeah. Uh, you can fly off solo or rather with your uh, your pilot chauffeur, and everyone else then you're heading to Brush Park. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brush Park is only it's like three quarters of a mile to a mile away from you, so you'd probably arrive at fairly um, contemporaneously to each other. So for sake of ease, we'll do we'll do Trevor first. Uh, getting to uh, getting to the dorms, so you land outside the outside the dormitory building. Much to the surprise of virtually everyone around, there are lots of gawkers. There are lots of people taking photos, wondering what the hell is a CDC helicopter landing uh, landing outside our building for. Um, and you are met by um, there is a police car that's outside the main uh, outside the main building, which is as was mentioned that they are keeping an eye on her room to see if she comes back. So you are met by one of the um, one of the beat officers there uh, that they can you can radio ahead to say hey you're incoming. Uh, they will take you up to her room and state yeah we've we've been keeping an eye on this Ophelia Waters uh, character. She hasn't been back. No one that's ma uh, matched her description at all has shown up. Um, he flicks through his notebook and says from what we're from what we're told she's in her early twenties. Uh, last seen wearing pair of jeans, uh, black leather biker jacket over a uh, over a hoodie. Uh, she's got a nose ring, uh, fairly short cropped uh, cropped purple hair, so kind of stands out a bit uh, uh, in a crowd. But yeah, no one's no one's seen her, and she's definitely not been back here. And leads you up to leads you up to the door to her room, which is shut. Okay. Um... At this point, can I just sort of gesture for them to open the door if it's not unlocked already? I assume this is a little more severe than a wellness check. Yeah, but they haven't uh, they haven't specifically got kicked down the door and gone in because it's not like they're saying, "Oh, I heard a scream. I better go in and find out what's right, happening." Right. Yeah. Um, um, like I but, think time is of the essence for this one. I would also just ask the company, like, does she have any roommates? Like, is she she sounded like an undergrad? So assuming this is a dorm room and she would have a recommend or be placed with a roommate i'll knock just to be polite she's uh, she is solo there's no one else in the room with her oh okay um so yes i'll try and get the police officer to um breach the door and some way yeah, checking um, through a... oh go ahead give me a luck roll okay uh 44 under 56 good okay. Yep, in which case he does oh, the subtle sure. method. He doesn't just bring up his boot and kick it down, uh, which would attract attention from a lot of people on the um, on the floor. Instead, he actually goes go, basically goes to the equivalent of the superintendent for the building and gets the uh, go master key from him, and then opens the door up. So you're in within a matter of minutes. I was really hoping he would kick down the door. Like I've got that <laughs> adrenaline pumping from the helicopter, so I'm like, yeah, let's get in there. Wait, where are you going? Um, okay, <laughs> but that. That adrenaline and hyper focus can come in uh, come in handy to your benefit here. Uh, give me a spot hidden roll as you go into the room. Why do I feel like this is an important spot hidden roll? Uh, 
Hell yeah, that is an ought five. That adrenaline is pumping. Extreme okay. success. Right, you definitely spot a few things in here that become uh, at least start not ringing alarm bells but more of a case of it's the neon sign pointing that says this is important this is important this is important look into various parts of the room it's definitely one person habitation that it's only her that's in here but there are signs that there is not always one person in here there are male and female clothing here so there's evidently she has a male visitor that comes to the room every so often um, otherwise, there's nothing that really stands out as being noticeable about the style, uh, style of clothing. It's again mainly like fairly old, worn clothing, uh, maybe sportswear. There's a pair of discarded jogging bottoms. There's a toothbrush that's over um, that's in in a little stand by the uh, by the sink. But definitely, there is a his and hers vibe to the possessions that are in here. Um, you do notice then with an extreme also there is uh, tucked away. You think it's the position in a point where if anyone just came in and did a casual look, they wouldn't think to look behind the desk. Um, there is a bong down there. And there are other signs of other drug paraphernalia that are scattered throughout the room that are fairly badly hidden, um, including one sort of... A piece of it's not like sealed, but it's wrapped up in that's what I'm looking for, like silver foil, and then has plaster plastic shrink wrap around it that looks like it's a fairly crude and from you being the pharmacologist, you would be the one that would know, looks like homemade marijuana that's been made into a, a like a brick, almost like it's compressed to the point where it's hashish. But it's very homemade, very rough. Yeah, this this is not something that you would get from a kind of a, dr a drug dealer of quality out on the street. This is homemade shit that someone's made in their basement, kind of uh, level of stuff. Okay, and, and also corner... just uh, as another clarifying clarifying question, what's the quality of the clothes that are around? Especially like especially thinking of the men's clothing, does it seem really worn out and kind of ratty? Yes, it does. Kind of what it, when you're thinking back to it, yeah, I've just seen about a hundred people back at the uh, back at the shelter that would be wearing similar kind of stuff to this. Yeah. Um. So I'm 100 like I'm going to ask the police officer like putting on latex gloves. I'm going to need all the evidence bags that you have, um, and I'm going to text the group. Uh, looks like we've got something. I'm seeing a lot of homeless clothes in this room and a really shitty brick. Uh, lots of drug stuff. I think she was having a lot of guests. Uh, the marijuana, did you look at it? Not yet. Like I, I'm texting just very much off of this initial impression okay. to let them know, but I am still prioritizing trying to pin her down. So mm -hmm. I want to try and search like while cataloging all of the apparent paraphernalia, I want to try and search if she has a, a laptop or an iPad or anything else. Um, I can also roll a luck roll to see if she has an iPhone, but yeah, mm -hmm. I want to find any other device and if there are any photos of her around, try to hold it up to use that to do the face unlock, and then do find my iPhone to get a location for her. Does, you have does almost, it look like she's uh, been having a lot of sex? 
Could this yeah, be an she's STD? Had a good time. There is a bit it's of stank in here. Yeah. Now that you do, you have actually called uh, one of the things I was about to say is on the corner, and then got cut off. Uh, you have preempted one of the things that I was going to uh, going to give you. There is a photo in a small silver frame, which is on the edge of the desk, which shows her as was described: uh, biker jacket over hoodie, jeans, with arm around a guy that looks maybe about potentially up to five years older than she is, but still within that kind of acceptable age range. Mm -hmm. uh, looking very rough, looking like he's wearing a thick uh, woolen long uh, trench coat that would be great for wrapping around and keeping warm in the cold weather. And you can spot with your uh, such keen eye um, the signposts for Stanley Street and Lorraine Street, which are on the intersection, which with your local knowledge, that places it in the middle of an, a district called Northwest Goldberg, which is another really run-down part of uh, the kind of central area of Detroit and renowned for being com almost completely abandoned and homeless are well, th not thriving there, but there's a whole gold mine of places where you can hide out there. Okay. I will 100% like take a photo uh, snap a photo of that and then circle it sending it off to them and pointing out stanley and lorraine as a possible alternate location if they're heading to the one yeah the the exact address uh for the house that they're still on the porch for with that signpost in the background is 5713 lorraine street say so it's a small two-story abandoned residential property building dates back to 1900 so just over 100 years old and very typical of all the wooden architecture around that part of town okay um then i'm also going to type bingo in all caps and then eat it tasso uh <laughs> and then send that out to the group chat okay. the, the only other thing that you did also preempt is the fact that yes she does have an iphone it's in her desk drawer oh but not on her she'd not take it with her well, finders keepers, evidence bag now. Um, so yeah, I'll finish um, cataloging the rest peak, of this. Trevor. Oh yeah, I can do that too. Um, using the face unlock to see if we can scroll through it. Yep, you open it up and indeed start having flick through. Uh, there's only really a couple of different contacts that are, are listed in there. There's like the typical WhatsApp group. I'm pretty sure WhatsApp was uh, still in use back in 2018. Oh, or yeah. messenger groups and such. That There's her talking about various uh, various different projects. It seems like she's a botany student. So she was uh, probably in the same class as, uh, or one of Professor Hackett's classes, uh, talking with various other of her cohorts about different projects that they're working on. Um, and one contact that comes up more than any others that isn't on any group chat is labeled is labeled as Chuck. And Chuck seems to be a lot of the conversations are quite lewd. There's various things that uh, Chuck says, like without, go without going into any other further details, <laughs> like looking forward to eating you out tonight, gal, and such other uh, such wonderful. Uh, highbrow romantic uh, lines as that. Truly the Shakespeare of our time. Okay. Um, <laughs> so scrolling through all the rest of the you ups, 
through there, do I find any other messages in the chat? Like, does it just seem that Chuck just likes to fuck or does it seem like they were doing some potential deals? Do I see mentions of grass or things? I feel like Michigan was already pot legal. So it's weird that she has this really shitty brick that's already like in a room like that, but trying to sift through in there and see if maybe Chuck was going to be like, uh, she was, what am I trying to say? She was Chuck's supplier, uh, mm -hmm. potentially. There's one bullet down to a roll. But if you're looking for certain keywords or phrases, you do notice there is one from Chuck that says, hey, girl, sent you a message on the burner. Haven't you? Why haven't you responded yet? Implying that she has a second phone. And indeed, there is also another charger cable, which is not an iPhone charger that's here. So evidently more dodgy communications are probably being taken uh, taken on the burner phone rather than on the iPhone. Okay. But yeah, there there is definitely, you're getting, and maybe there is a vibe that there is either a supplier-dealer connection going on here for sure. Okay. So I'll communicate that to the rest of the group and feel like I'm going to be preoccupied here just bagging everything else up. I really want to take a look at like analyzing some of the, the stuff that's in there to see if maybe that could be a potential vector, but we don't have time right now. I think Daniels is still just really stressing that like alligators in the sewers, that was a fairy tale. Now we have goddamn worms in the sewers. So um, <laughs> he can't really get over that and is just going to focus there. Gotcha. Right. It's about that time then as you're tearing the room apart and bagging and tagging. That's when everyone else is going to be arriving at Brush Park. There we go. So this is really much in the heart of the centre of Brush Park. Everything that is a black blob, that's a building that exists at this point. You've got, otherwise, the, the area between Edmund Place and Alfred Street, and then between John R Street and Brush Street, that is just a huge pile of rubble apart from the building on the corner, and then specifically buildings 287 and 295. Uh, those buildings, for those of you with uh, a good degree of local knowledge, they actually have a kind of nickname locally. Uh, they are known as the, Mans uh, the Mansard Twins, due to their French-style mansard roofs and similar layout. Uh, they're, red, they're red brick, two-storey buildings constructed in the 1890s, so they definitely fall within the time period that you're looking at, the buildings that would be well over 100 years old at this point. Uh, the windows are boarded up. Uh, there's brush growing all around the area. There's overgrown yards. Graffiti uh, adorns most of the exterior walls. And even directly opposite those two buildings, there is, again, just large-scale debris and wasteland. Um, with a couple of fences that have been set up at regular uh, at intervals that lead into a huge construction yard on the other side of the road. And as you are uh, going through the area, there's actually a man that steps out in uh, holding a light, dressed in what seems to be a security guard's outfit, holding up his hand uh, to get you to, to stop as he's waving you down. Hey, see what he wants. Hello. Yeah, hey, Hello. hey, folks. Um, oh, uh, he kind of looks a little bit surprised seeing um, seeing the array of uh, folks that are here. Um, I, I mean, you are not. Uh, well, 
you don't look like people that have uh, broken into a broken into storage huts here. But have you seen anyone acting suspicious around here? Actually, no, we're looking for suspicious characters. Well, we are looking for <laughs> suspicious. So you're a uh, your security guard. This is your yeah. your beat. Yeah, he points back over to the construction yard. Yeah, I, I work over here, but you've always worked into... here. Oh, not, not always worked here, but uh, work work here tonight. Uh, but there's someone's broken into our, one of our storage huts and has stolen a whole load of uh, what looks to be some of our fuel uh, fuel supplies and flares. So I was wondering if someone was going to uh, uh, go on a bit of art, an arson spree, trying to stay warm, maybe. Did you look- report it to the police? Well, yeah, and then I promptly got a whole load of the the lines are busy. Oh, your call is important to us, and yeah, it seems like there's all a whole load of hell breaking out at the minute. That it seems like you no know, no one can take reports of a potential break in and arson seriously. That they're all busy worrying about something else. Daniels, have well, you can you send us that picture on our phone? Yes, can show it to this guy and see if he's seen her. Yeah, he he takes a look, kind of goes. Oh. Bit pretty, even if she is a bit young for my taste. But no, I haven't seen her. Okay. I did. I did see a. I did see another uh, girl dressed up a hell of a lot uh, more provocative than her, though. Going and he, he kind of gestures his head over towards. Uh, actually, he points towards two eight seven Alfred Street. Okay. okay. Well, so we're going to be sneaking around here looking for things. So. Don't and you out. may notice a few other people arrive. I'd assume there would be the other team here because we obviously Daniel's asked for another team. Yeah, yeah. yeah you your, while, your, your briefing was pretty much you would be the team that go and do the yeah. site examination. Okay, so it's so. pretty much you put through the call to this uh, the call for another team, and they turn back and say, "Yeah, it's you that's supposed to be doing this." Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we're gonna. I'm gonna share the information. Uh, hey, we're with the CDC, and here's our badges and information. So we're just going to be in the area doing C- a wellness CDC. check. Well, yeah, there's been an incident that we're not able to discuss right now, but we're looking oh, for I... someone. Well, you mean like the super flu or something? Or no, no, no nothing like that. Oh, phew. All right, okay. Well, thankfully, I'm not going to be uh, going around breathing on anyone or uh, anything like that, but I'll, uh, yeah, I'll keep my distance from folks if there's something yeah, happening around here. Just keep your distance and um, maybe keep an eye on the shed that you said that was broken what, into. What did you say was taken again? Uh, there was a couple of jerry cans full of, uh, full of uh, gas yes. that were taken and a box full of flares. Uh, do you know who that belongs to? The... Oh yeah, the, the company. They, they normally use it for like backups for uh, basically fueling up the the excavator. So the construction company owns the storage shed with all yeah. the material. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's why they have insurance. Oh yeah, I just don't want them someone burning down any of our other other parts of the construction site. <laughs> well, that's hey, why you're, you're the guard. As yeah. you're guarding around, do you go inside the buildings? Uh, only the construction site, not any not anything else around here. Yeah, he's not paid to go inside these abandoned buildings. More than my job's worth. So we don't know what's in the abandoned buildings. Probably homeless uh, people. Thank you, thank you. Where we'll be yep. walking around. Um, what if what if our girl has been growing her own brand of marijuana since she was a botanist, right? Yes. Yeah, but is, growing what, growing marijuana is grow lights and 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 dirt, not not 
things to burn. I think it's people who want to be hot or warm. But nobody goes into the buildings. What if she's now trying to destroy what she started because it's yeah. it's tainted or infected what? with something? What do you what? mean no one goes in the buildings? People go in the buildings. The homeless people need places what? to shelter. There's 35,000 homeless people in the city. The homeless people aren't going to tell on somebody who's growing marijuana in the basement. The homeless people are probably going to steal all the marijuana to sell. What if right. they're okay? We know this stuff is mutagenic, right? What if later stage people's behavior gets changed? What if they want to get hot or stay hot for some reason? They would get things to help them stay warm. Maybe the people we're looking for are in there trying to get very hot for some bizarre. I don't know why, but let's that's a possibility. Well, uh, well. That is a possibility. And we also do know that a woman has entered 28-whatever. Yeah. A prostitute, most likely. But most it's still worth going into there. Let's go check those two out, yeah. Um, Matt, just because we know that light is an issue for these things, I think we I would have suggested we all grab good, decent officer flashlights that go yeah. put out a nice amount of, and everyone got one. I'll give you one of those heavy flashlights. Yeah, heavy. Here you go. <laughs> mag lights. Go, go on. No, no, go. I was, was going to say the kind of mag light where you could shine a light to the moon with. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. Yes. I would suggest we all suit up, like some kind of containment of some kind, no matter what. If you don't want to be in hazmat suits or whatever, that's fine. But well, we're at this apartment. Where are we going to need hazmat suits? Well, we should still have some with us. I would like to have thought that me and Tessa probably. Well, we, we came around. in a vehicle. Did, well, we came in a vehicle, didn't we? So I'm yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go uh, with whoever's gonna join me into one of the abandoned buildings. Well, we should look for loose boards that they probably find yeah. clothes to get in and out. You've got the two that are side by side. I said they're they're the twins, as they're known. Uh -huh. Uh, there's 287, which is on the, as you're looking at them from the front, that's on the left, and 295, which is on the right. Which one um, did you say the woman went in? 287. The one on the left. Yeah. Do that one first. That's the one we should look in. 287 and, first. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, if, you, if you look at the front, you can uh, see through the various boards, as, uh, as Dr. Porter said. Yeah, boards have been pried away from the front door even that there's and someone has just literally brazenly gone in through the front door and you can see that presumably what was maybe a a lounge on the ground floor you can see the flickering of flame not like hey the room's on fire but more likely that someone's got an oil can in there and is set around the burning thing kind of warming their hands up that kind of contained flame but you can still see flame in there We are guys. Go in. All right. Yep. I'll I'll go first if no one else is going first. I'll just go in first. Okay. You go. You push open the door, and is everyone going to the same building? You're not splitting up, or? I think we're going to stay together till. Yeah. Stay you still have your fire axe, Doctor Gat. <laughs> yeah, I put You're it just in my carrying around this. Uh, yeah, and a fire <laughs> extinguisher. <laughs> well, well, so I have masked up and I've got gloves on. <laughs> I have PPE and I I carry around a pocket knife. It's, it's Detroit. Pocket knife versus axe. I wonder who's going to win. 
But, and uh, I've got my bright floral shirt on. <laughs> that'll keep you safe. Hey, it's a good fashion statement, hey? Yeah. Perfect, uh, perfect Christmas attire. It is. Exactly. And, and meanwhile, a couple of miles away, Trevor is desperately anxious and uh, wishing the party to split and cover more ground that way. Exactly. It's more efficient, you hear whispered over your earpieces that don't have that far of a range. <laughs> We're all scared. Yes, we're all that's terrible. why I split to go to the safest we're place. Really close because we're scared. <laughs> but you, but you okay, can head inside, so. not not a problem. As yeah. the, the door is cautiously pushed aside, um, you can hear various noises from inside. Um, some of them happier than others. Um, you can hear there's probably a, two or three people. There's, there's definitely multiple voices downstairs, so on the ground floor where they're presumably huddled around that oil can. Uh, go warming themselves up. There are three men talking, and then there are sounds of a man and presumably a woman having a very good time upstairs. Uh, to the point where you can hear floorboards and uh, maybe not bed springs uh, creaking, but definitely there is someone's going at it with a fair degree of effort upstairs. So they're they're definitely keeping warm in other ways. Mm. But yeah, there's the uh, as the door opens, these three voices that are talking. Uh, downstairs you hear one of them going Shh, hang on I thought I heard the front door so, someone out there and then a couple of uh, <coughs> coughs and uh, a few figures kind of shuffle into view coming in from the lounge Anthony there uh, are... uh, Tim Hello. Anthony uh, there's confused looks between them uh, no no one here by that name uh, okay. are, you look, we... are you looking for someone okay. yeah we're just looking for uh, some a couple of people who we think might be hurt, and uh, this was a uh, uh, last uh, what we might assume is the last known location. So, ah, uh, no, no one here by that name, and no, no one here. I mean, you think you guys aren't the... friends of Ralph? Look to see if they have any recognition on their face. Abel, no. Seems... no. What about Grace? I, um, I don't see. Don't yeah, seem to know. Gracie. Uh, uh, again, there's a whole lot of shaking heads and getting confused. Yeah. I think you've Chuck? Got you guys know it. Chuck. Yeah. Who? Okay, don't worry about it. You guys are. Uh, this is a waste have, of time. No, hang, hang on. Have you guys um, noticed anything strange? Uh, strange in yeah, illness. illness. Anyone been? Uh, more sick than usual. Oh, they they really look a bit, a bit kind of. Uh, no, I mean the you know, God Joey has got a bit of a, and he coughs promptly at that point. Uh, but it's just the stuff stuff that goes round at this this time of year, and it's it's cold. I mean, shit happens. Right. But we um, wrap, wrap up warm and get meds where we can. But no, no one, no one is sick. Okay, we. Just gonna have a look around if that's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, we, um, we'll leave you alone afterwards. Yeah, so. you guys can stay here. Don't worry about it. We're not chasing you. Yeah, we're, we're just gonna go over here, and they they kind of move as one. Uh, kind of, you know, just a couple of them kind of keep their hands in their pockets as if they're getting ready to be near near some concealed uh, concealed knife or weapon in their pocket. Yeah. But they, yeah, they very cautiously Oops. back off back towards the uh, the burning oil can to uh, to keep warm over there. And there's some, yeah, there's kind of some suspicious or furtive glances between them going, what, what are these people just coming in here? What are asking questions about 
Well, you, you heard of some Tim or Anthony? Oh, no, no fucking idea. What is it they're burning? Just what we'd normally expect? Not like the uh, stuff that was stolen. Yeah, it looks like they've been breaking apart parts of the interior of the house. You can yeah, see there's okay. uh, kind of spindles of the staircase going up that they've uh, they've ripped out. Some of the wooden beams across the uh, across the ceiling that have then been uh, put into the can, uh, along with the small amounts of accelerant they've got in there, like newspaper and other such. Right. But there's there's no sign or smell of anything like gas that's being used here. No. We we know there's two more people up at least two more people upstairs. So. I'm heading up that way. Uh, okay. it, it's not it's not difficult to find them. They are not exactly hiding where they are. Yeah. I, I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm just having a look around. <laughs> oh, just uh, having a look around. Give me a spot hidden roll. Oh, 35 out of 50. Right. Uh, roll me so a d6. A six. Okay. You you hit the mother load then. Right. So um heading upstairs, um, you see that evidently there is one room that once upon a time was a bedroom before the bed has been torn apart, and presumably the other um the wood that formed the frame has long since been burnt very much like downstairs. Um, but there is a mattress which is on the floor where clothes have been not th exactly thrown away because it's freezing in here if you haven't got many layers on. But there are certain certain layers which have been discarded and put to one side. Uh, there's two, there's a man, a man or woman of both of African American descent, which are engaged quite um, quite uh, athletically, shall we say, on the bed. Yes. Uh, the the woman on top, she's still fairly uh, fairly clothed. She's wearing like fishnet sock, uh, stockings, a black bodysuit that's kind of rolled up, kind of covers her arms and all the way up all the way up to her neck. Uh, she's got long, presumably what maybe is a wig that's uh, that's on rather than it being a natural hair because it looks a little bit too shiny and a little bit too neat for it to be uh, for it to be kept in that condition if she's also out on the streets. But yeah, she is uh, having a good old time uh, on him while the other fella is also still wearing uh, what seems to be T-shirt and his pants are wrapped around his, uh, wrapped around his ankles. Uh, they don't even notice you as you're there but as you're looking around you you catch a kind of sniff it's almost like a smell hidden in this case that <laughs> you catch whiff of evidently someone has used the toilet up here and because the water system doesn't flush it's still in the um still in the bowl and there are six little things crawling up the bowl from the inside okay I am um, over the uh, two of, uh, at least two of you come up here. Um, we're definitely going to have to interrupt these two up here. Uh, we've got a situation. All right. And sex could be a vector. You're right. <laughs> up we go. <laughs> I don't even want to think. About I, I don't think it's that. I think that whenever people use the toilet, the, that's when the worms infect people well we should still talk to those two people up there because everyone here is a possible contaminant now uh, someone definitely needs to keep it on the free downstairs yeah I'll, I'll actually just stand outside 
Okay. Yeah, Logan can okay. Logan can stand um, stand out there. It's cold, but you're, you're getting a good view to make sure that those three are still uh, staying put. They're kind of keeping a nervous eye on you as you're keeping an eye on them, and then everyone else is heading upstairs. Yep. All right. Yep. Um, you head on up there, and they're they're just going to continue at it until someone interrupts them. Oh, for God's sakes. Whoever wants to it. At which point there's a what what the hell? And she uh, the lady in particular turns around with a kind of indignant look on her face. So I told you wait your turn. Hang on a minute. Who who the hell are you? We're gonna I'm gonna not at full power, but I'm gonna shine the light on her just to see if we can see any that those symptoms or anything on her face. Uh, she kind of recoils away from the light and yeah there is actually a kind of yellowish tinge to her skin and she's covering her arms light. well her arms are covered by the by the, the outfit yeah. she's wearing yeah uh miss we're gonna have to have a little talk with you why i mean are you with the are you with the cops no worse no. you might be infected with a horrible disease hang, hang on what what's the guy infected? laying down to you <laughs> Yeah, the, like the guy, the guy won't lock if he was using a rubber. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the guy on the the guy on the ground is kind of a wide open what, infected. What do you mean infected? What? What? And he kind of wipes wipes away his mouth, and there is this kind of sheen that comes away as if he's got maybe some like slobber over him that he uh, kind of wipes away and wipes on the on the mattress oh, but, uh, beneath him. We need to call for containment. She, yeah, um, I guess we're Oh, she looks. She actually kind of looks over her shoulder a couple of times at that and then looks back towards you. Yeah, give me a psychology roll. I won't roll because I am currently. I am mainly I'll, keeping an eye on the worms. Put, and I will put some points into psychology. That's fine. Here we go. Uh, I pass. psychology. Oh, did you make it already? 40. Yeah, okay, I passed. Right. I put 40 right. in psychology. I passed. Go ahead. What did you find out? Any any passes? Yeah. Okay. Pepper. Yep. Yeah. You are fairly sure that she is distracted, almost as if that she's listening to something or someone talking to her that isn't there. The way she is reacting is like she she hears something over her shoulder and she is turning to look at whatever's speaking to her. I'm going to look at the other people and just be like, I think she might have some schizophrenia or something. If we shine the light past her, is there anything past her? Nothing there. Miss, for your own safety, we're going to have to take you in to get looked at. Otherwise, you might die. Um her eyes immediately open wide and she looks over her shoulder again and just this look of terror comes over her face as she talks to thin air that there is literally nothing there just says no no you, you can't do that you promised and then looks looks back towards you and says no just 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 walk away just this, this doesn't concern you just just please just walk away passive we need um containment and police here I'll start calling nine one one. And uh, we'll it's not our job to wrestle people to the ground. <laughs> we'll just we'll descend into initiative because she is about to bolt. 
So, let's we, have a look at her stats. Also, it might be two hours before the 911 bothers to send anybody to this neighborhood. Throw the <laughs> bucket the at her. Worm, oh. The worm situation. Right. Does anyone beat Dex of 65? I've got an 80, but I'm outside. So nope. if she's actually 60. coming outside, 60. I might I've got be six, able to I've got 60. 60. Yep, 60. <laughs> 60. Okay. So, so that, that was a that was ten that was a good moment for uh tension because my internet connection just suddenly froze. <laughs> so hopefully it doesn't die on me. Right. So has anyone got I, I see an 80 in the chat. So anyone beat uh, anyone 80 or better? I think right. Logan might be. Um, which is Logan downstairs, your spidey sense kicks in as you realize that something is about to happen downstairs, maybe you or upstairs rather. Um, you hear a tense movement, maybe there's a shifting of the floorboards, and the immediate impression that someone upstairs is kind of on the verge of bolting. You you think something's about to happen. What do you do? I'm gonna stand outside of the door, which is the only obvious escape, and I will prepare uh to trip them. Good plan. All right, uh, we'll work down in increments. So 75, 70. I think we're all at 60. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So anyone, anyone, anyone equal on 65? Nope. No, right, which case, 60. <laughs> it, it's going to be her then that goes next. So she is going to attempt a dex roll to basically launch herself down the stairs and try and get out of the building aside from she could have jumped out of a window, but that's a bit more self-harming, uh, is going to try and launch down the stairs, taking the stairs about two or three at a time, and trying to force momentum out through the front door directly towards Logan. So, uh, 26 is a pass, so that's going to be a hard for her. Um, she, like a gazelle, she leaps maybe a bit too quick for maybe how she's uh, how she looks as someone of her build uh let's let's have a luck roll from all of you upstairs to see if you are potentially close enough to try and do something about this um i got 32 yeah i also passed yep passed i passed it exactly Right, all four of you then, uh, <laughs> as you said, you were coming up the stairs anyway, and then pretty much in, in the doorway, she is having to get past all of you. So if any of you want to, this won't count as an action, but more as like a reaction to what she's doing, um, can engage in a fighting brawl role to see if you can potentially either block her path yeah. or grab hold of her as she goes past. I'm jumping out of the way and going, biologist. <laughs> I'll add a, I'll add a, I'll add a fifty into my brawl as I used to play some sports in my heyday. <laughs> Even though he's not that old, but okay. Um, oh, shit. No, a eighty-one out of fifty is not going to cut it, and I'm not spending that much luck. I'm gonna, I'm gonna crank up the light on on the light and just blast her right in the eyes, so she gets dazzled. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, like, no one wants to touch her, huh? <laughs> no. Nope. Uh, right, so the old razzle dazzle. There's, there's indeed that that moment where she gets light, uh, light briefly in her eyes, which she does recoil away from. But otherwise, unless anyone's, uh, sounds like no one's successfully intercepting her. She is heading straight down those stairs. So, um, Logan, as you're kind of, you can count this as almost like a held action as you want to try and trip her up. Do you want to give yeah. me an opposed dex roll to see whether you actually do 
uh, do send her flying or not. Yeah, with pleasure. <laughs> uh, is a 16, uh, which is an extreme. Why can't this be mothership and not like, triple zero actually be a good thing? Oh, <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> it means that Matt fumbled. Yeah. Um, I, I will let you roll this. You can roll me a, because it's hard concrete outside. Oh. Give me a D6. All right. Four. Okay. Add one for the fact that she got, that she got a fumble. Uh, she goes flying. She goes face first into the concrete. You hear a nose crack. Blood splatters all over the, um, all over the pavement. Um, probably you hear an, uh, probably her arm hits the uh, the floor a, a very oblique angle as well. Yeah, there's there's bones that crack, and she winces in pain. And because she's not wearing that much, she's just wearing this kind of uh, figure hugging uh, bodysuit. When she hits the ground. Yeah, something writhes underneath um, around her midsection, almost if it's oh. coiled around her middle. Don't like that. I'm that's a sand roll, probably. Yeah, you can give me a roll. <laughs> Seventy. I failed. Okay, uh, we'll say one for the minute because you're not seeing the ho- the true horror of what's in there. You're just seeing elements that something is there. I'll be like, "What the hell is that?" No, you hear me shout. We've got a whole load of people on sixty. Um, considering that she is face planted down on the ground, I'm going to say that you lot can get down there and apprehend her mm-hmm. without any uh, difficulty. Uh, I, I would, say, <laughs> oh, I would say that someone stays with the man I'm gonna, because I'm going to inspect the man because I want to see what crawled down his throat. I will go down. We're going to wrap her in some big thing to keep her covered. <laughs> I don't know what some blanket or something. Plenty of blankets, like thermal uh, yeah. thermal blankets that you can get. So as um, Dr. Pepper's inside then, have, examining this poor guy, yeah, I mean, look, he, he's kind of muttering, like, infected? I mean, well, she, she seemed all right. I mean, she, she came in here offering us like free like, free sex just for a place to sleep and keep, be, keep warm for the night. And then she, she got all real, real tongue-like, and he's got, almost like trying to scrape this stuff out of his mouth. And yeah, amongst all this spittle and this saliva that he's pulling out, yeah, there are these very small, almost mm-hmm. uh, rice-like sized little yep. things crawling around in the viscous uh, the viscous material could I, here. Can uh, I pump his stomach? I, that yeah, sounds like I'm a very good that. idea. And yeah, you you start pumping, and as uh, we, you'd have to go down, uh, downstairs to the van to get the equipment to do that. But yeah, as he's uh, vomiting up, there's more of this stuff that seems like it's been literally down his throat in the middle of the in the middle of the act that he was engaged with. Um, meanwhile, as you're wrapping up, uh, wrapping up this uh, this lady outside. Uh, she's looking at you, trying to hold her face together, hold her nose. Just, just let me go, please, please, just let me go. That's your best chance is with us. You now. don't. And you need to tell us what's going if on. You have, if you, you have, if you have, if you have any hope, it's with us. She just shakes her head and let uh, her hands fall away from her broken face. And just, just this look of complete and utter despair that crosses her face. And she just says, there's no hope anymore. It won't. 
it can't be caught. And she starts to convulse. And there's this disgusting ripping sound as her stomach explodes outwards. And this thing that's about uh, six to eight inches across erupts from her stomach and opens like a flower with these four petals going in either direction. And it just screamed this high-pitched scream that echoes down this empty this empty street, or what used to be a street, with this building site on the other side. And we will leave it there for tonight. <laughs> Thank goodness you had her in the moving blankets. It just helped minimize all the... Explosion. <sighs> yep, it got worse. <laughs> It talks to you too. Our players included <laughs> our players included Max Meltzer, Josh Harwood, Troy Lehman, Lex Hurley, Alex Sun, and myself, with Matthew Sanderson as the keeper of Arcane Lore. We have a Discord server where you can chat with other members. You can set up private games, and you can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Spotify, Podbean, or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Duty role-playing game. Until next time, good luck, good gaming. Mm -hmm.